Hello guys and girls of the podcast world. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Movers and Mavericks podcast brought to you by WeMove. This week on the podcast we have the maverick known as Mills. This is a really interesting podcast for us. We generally gravitate towards people relatively far into their movement journey and who have become mavericks. We share their stories as we take inspiration from them in the hope that others can take inspiration too. The reason this was an interesting one is Mills is at the start of his movement journey, but in other respects is far down another journey. He is the co-founder of London-based Us2 Agency and ginormous indie game hit Monument Valley. His agency at one stage employed 400 people and the game has thus far had 160 million downloads. Mill's story is one of Craven's success and once achieving it with his agency and game, realising it wasn't the elixir of happiness. From the back of those feelings, Mill started another journey into movement, health and challenging his conditioning with regards to these topics. It's this journey we talk about. It was exhilarating being around Mills. As you'll hear, he jumps from topic to topic with excitement, passionate about his newfound love of learning and moving, and discusses with us newfound wisdom such as there is a better world for us when you start to make changes towards looking after yourself. You can follow Mills on Instagram at MillsUs2, um, and you can check out his podcast, The JFDI Cast, on all the usual outlets. Follow us on Instagram at We Move Magazine. Um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Pick up a copy of issue one and issue two from the website, wemovemagazine.com. Let us know any feedback. Let us know any thoughts. Leave us some reviews. Send us some messages. If there's people out there doing interesting things, let us know about them. Until next week, take it easy and enjoy. Thanks. Wicked. So we're here today for Movers and Mavericks with Mills from Us2. Hello. Mills, hello. Yo, I should have said yo. That's the way. You're weird. And now I'm on your podcast. I, w- I won't do my normal intro. How would you intro your podcast? I would just say yo. Now I'll do a, a slight augmentation of that depending on what mood I'm in. You can sort of, if I'm in a really good mood, I go, I'll scream. If I'm not, weirdly, that's the first time I've ever done it in front of people. So that's why it was slightly subdued. Yeah. <laughs> Still good though. It's not bad, but I, you know, part of me doing that podcast was actually to sort of build up a confidence in, in not really giving the slightest shit about what other people think about me. But that was like actually one of my. Although I've done about two hundred of the cast now, I think that's my first true test, which I, which I failed on. But I did it, so that's right. Well, you've done it. So that was the, well, that is the JFDI podcast. That is, which is just fucking do it. Correct. That's come out of your experience of because they they, they yeah. move around. They, they, the, the, the podcast themselves. Yeah. yeah I mean, I start, it start. I think it did. It absolutely started off as, as, uh, my first one was actually how to, how to, I think it was how to start running. Uh, I, I had found that my, my sort of route into running was listening to podcasts. Uh, I suddenly realized that there was a point to podcasts. I used to be sort of, why would, why would people do a podcast? It doesn't make any sense. These people think they know everything. Um, purely jealous that I wasn't doing my own. And then I realized that actually if I went running, um, which I didn't like at the beginning, I can listen to podcasts, which is better to listen to podcasts when you're moving. I prefer that than I do uh, when I listened to your Charlie Dart podcast the other day. I talked about, um, which I loved. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was went for a four-hour walk. Um, uh, sorry, I'm taking that off massively, haven't I? But what I'm saying is, that so, I, so I actually, I, I, got, I got myself into, I thought to myself, why don't I create a podcast that's designed for people who are wanting to get into running? So I think my first one was how to start running. And, I, and the idea was simply, like, I'll talk for 20 minutes and I would get, and the idea that someone can go out running and listen to me and I'll be basically coaching them through their first 20 minute run of all time. 
Um, and then I thought I'd do a how-to every day. And then about 20, and I realized there was, I, I hadn't done much in my life. So the how-to stopped. 230 podcasts later, it's just a daily plog, I call it. It's, I, I've still yet to find anyone else who's claimed that word. But it's like my dad, I, I, and I imagine a vlog means like a daily video. So I am assuming that a daily podcast is what I do. So yeah, now for me, it's just my, it's actually just a, a way for me to externalize what I think uh, before I thought it. How do you, uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, it's like journaling. It, it, I didn't just... know, I definitely didn't know that as I started, but it, this has been a, 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 it's been a nonstop journey for me in like learning about myself, um, which hopefully we'll, we might uncover today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it is a journal. Yeah. And I had never, it's funny, I'd never, I'd, I've heard about different um, things you can do to sort of help, you know, yourself uh, get through this wonderful life we live in. And journaling was something I've tried in the past, writing things down, never really understood that. But actually what I've realized is that I am journaling. I'm just putting, I, I, the easiest way to, to understand the podcast, which is why it's got such a tiny um, listenership, is that I'm just externalizing what I think before I've actually processed it. So it just goes out unfiltered. And um, the, I've noticed that if I do that every day, half an hour max, sometimes I do it a lot quicker, sometimes I rant for longer. Actually, my, the problems that I thought existed in life are usually kind of dissipated by the end of it. Mm. It turns out there is a, it's a small audience, but there are people who are going on similar journeys, and I think, because it seems we live in a world where still a lot of people don't actually speak uh, openly. I think hearing some, a guy who some perceive as has been successful, so I guess that's probably the link bait into listening if you talk. When I talk about stuff that's actually playing off in their head as well, they seem to like it. Mm. Um, it's different it's it's niche yeah. how do you how do you record it what's like you know do you do it at home well, not as professional or? as this this i this is my first ever professional podcast <laughs> uh so i start i the the concept of jfdi obviously is you know just fucking doing something i i wanted to just have a platform selfishly for me to to do what i just said but also to try to inspire others to just to sort of remove excuses and just try and do things and uh, I noticed that actually I'd always wanted to be a podcaster like you two are. You know, you know what it's like. You two or are. a radio host. Or a radio host. Well, I've only just realized that radio host would be a next step for me. I saw uh, I saw Ronan the original G- step to the podcast. Uh, well, yes, correct. <laughs> but I used to think radio hosts are a bit, you know, it's a bit of a naff job. But now I realize they've got the best job because they've just got hours and hours to just talk. Yeah. So I, I keep do thinking what, uh, one day I might just have the non-stop like, attached to my head. So where, how I do it, I used to, uh, my excuses prior to JFDIing was um, I, I can't do it because I don't have a room. I don't have proper sound equipment. I don't have mics. You have I don't, a full studio though. I've I seen have, your picture. I have. Uh, yes, I did. Well, I found that. So, you know, I had all these excuses. You know, you need the best of everything. It's, I need to have a co-host. I need to have someone. In, I need to make sure that I do what everyone else does and they interview people. Uh, not belittling that concept, by the way. And uh, then I thought, fuck that. Um, I'm just, that's all excuses. So uh, I just use my phone. So I actually found out that my, and promoting Apple here, my iPhone 10, I'm sure they're all as good as each other. If you flip upside down, it feels like a microphone, which is why this feels very, very reverse alien. I can't think of the word for that. Um, homely. Feels right uh, that I just walk around with it in my hand. Now, what I did then do is I stumbled into my wife's, and I will say my wife's sort of basement, um, where I pay very little attention to like doing anything in the house. I'm just not very good at doing anything. Uh, ironically, running the JFDI show now that no one listens to, and uh, I stumbled upon this place, and I thought, "Wow, this is perfect. It's full of clutter. It doesn't look like a professional studio. No one, and my kids won't come down and disturb me, although they do." 
and this feels right everything everything is the reverse of what people tell me i should do in order to just start something so i started it and i fucking loved it also being in the dungeon which i call it means that no one will see me so i was low i i perhaps i come across as someone that's got lots of confidence now i don't know what the airwaves are how they're expressing me although i am speaking i wasn't particularly confident i think i always felt like there was a place a niche for me to talk but I, I'd never felt particularly good about that so I felt like if I just hid away downstairs and just put it out there what's the worst that can actually happen mm. and um well the worst that can happen is no one listens to it that and that is the point but um no the worst that can happen is that you stop the worst that can happen is you stop so actually originally I set myself tasks will I I'm going to podcast I told you if I'm going to do a podcast or a podcast as it's become known every day for 30 days and I may stop and I, I will stop then if I want to, but I won't if I don't, and I didn't, and I just keep doing it. And actually, it's found it has, you know, I don't need lots of listeners because, in all honesty, I can't even deal with the conversations that I have off the back of this daily with people that actually feel uh, an affinity with what I'm talking about. I'm I'm not looking for mass scale. I actually had mass scale with my business, and that was one of the reasons which I sort of went on this transformational journey, which is probably, I dare say, half the reason we might even be talking today. Mm which is how I found uh, the magazine as well, yeah. like a, a, a massively new interest in actually improving myself rather than focusing everything I ever had on building everyone else around me up. Yeah. Um, this is something that we've seen and are seeing more and more, and it's how we came to, mm. it's how we came to the magazine. Yeah, because I mean, our transformational we, journey. We didn't talk before we started this, so that we could actually yeah. have a live conversation about <laughs> how how we actually came together. And I, so I yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know much about YouTube beyond the magazine itself. So well, we've actually just recorded last week. We recorded a podcast with Charlie, um, where we reversed the the tables and and we he he uh, he podcasted us. He was interviewing us. Yeah. Fantastic. Is that on? And where does he do? Where's that hosted? Uh, that so that'll be, be out in like next week or two. Oh, so fresh. Yeah. So it talks about in that we talk about our own journeys and how we met and how we came to curate. We move in, but in a in a in a pint in a thimble explanation, yeah. we both met in a s- sort of similar t- age. Um, how old are you? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I'm 40. See, I'm, yeah, you're you're coming close to what's good. You're, trust me, it's so, you're going to do what I'm doing now. <laughs> uh, well, I had a business. I started like 25, got to 30 something. Right, it was doing well, and I was like, this isn't where I want to be, which was really odd because that's what we're told to do, and I just wanted to be that you know hustle hard, all of, all of that. The cliches that come about, and you work. You hear that story a lot. Work yeah. 26 hours, it's good. And I was like, I was totally burnt out. And I turned my back on it. One day. Closed the whole thing down? It's still going. I just walked off. And wow. Okay. How do you, I mean, I, so it still goes to this day. Do you, have, do you feel any sense of anything towards it now? Uh, I look at it. I keep my eye on it like a, like a child that you'd let loose in the wild, I guess. And you see how other people do it. But really it was going, it's not... It wasn't fulfilling me and it was falling into that trap of churn and you're just churning. Yeah. And and my whole thing is I want to create things. Mm. So I left, moved down to Brighton with my partner. My partner was like, we were going to move to Sheffield and then got there and we're like, we don't know anyone. This is a really weird place. And I'm a climber. So I was like, I'll just go climbing. All right. The time. Okay. Yeah. And she was like, we don't know anyone. So we'll go to Brighton. Her family are there. Then I was introduced to this weird and wonderful world it's called alternative 
osteopaths, you know, nutritionists, naturopaths. Down in, and do you, do you put that down to being in Brighton? Absolutely. Well, right. my partner's family, who were just, it was part of them. And, and her dad was a very successful musician that kind of did a similar thing, turned his back on it. And his stories are awesome, mm. um, like 70s, 80s, you know, and I was like, whoa, if I keep on Here's doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a mirror. <laughs> and my dad at the time, he, dad passed away this year, but um, developed Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. And he was, loved his job, but would always work. Like just, you know, crushed it. But he advised entrepreneurs. And then it was this realization that all of them, they were always on skiing holidays or sailing holidays while my dad was working. And I was like, I need to have more of that. And less of what my dad was doing. Yeah, yeah. And just kind of turned and everyone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. And, and I think we'll get on some interesting topics, you know, because um, you posted about suicide today. And I've been through all of that. You know, 2022, 20, I tried to commit suicide twice. And, and you're like, what is all of this about? Weird, weird stuff. And well, it's uh, good you're able to talk, but you're, and you're able to talk about that now. Yeah, well, I could talk about it then. What I found was, and it was when I was at uni actually, and there's a whole other story that's probably not suitable for the podcast. No one wanted to talk about it. It was really hard for other people to talk about things because it made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah no, I, to- I totally understand and that. You're like, that's just a weird, the weird thing. And I was like, if I'm like this, loads of people, you know, more and more people are like this, but no one knows because no one talks about it. So we went on this journey and then it was about creating a magazine and my love was climbing before that and all of these other movements and I just started to get put into this group of osteopaths, etc. and started feeling better and better and I was like, you just tell me what to do. Give up coffee. Wicked, right? Give up coffee. This, and I just felt better and better. Have you still given up coffee? I've now, weirdly, I've started again. (sighs) I can't respect someone that gives up coffee. (laughs) I can't actually, I can't, sorry, that's completely wrong. I can respect, but I don't know how you do it. Well, now I've started again, but it, that's like five or six years after the... What was so. the... Uh, wait a second, I'm thinking, can you move that chair? Yeah. The reason I say that is only because it's squeaking, squeaking. so much. Yeah. And, I, and I know that I, I, I feel like... I live in a world now, I think, God, I spend too much time not saying things I should say. And I'm thinking, like, that's probably going to be even squeaky, that one, isn't it? I bet. <laughs> this one is... Silence. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. But people don't often, you know what? People don't often uh, say the things they're thinking. So I was thinking that. Mm. I was thinking, I'm not really listening to you, but I was listening to you. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about coffee. <laughs> what was the reason to get, why is giving a coffee such an important uh, part? Of I that had process? adrenal burnout. Adrenal, what does adrenal burnout this mean? It means adren- your adrenal glands, which happens to a lot of, I would say, people like us. Yes. You're doing this, you ju- it's just burning. And the adre- adrenals are your fight or flight response. Wow. Does, can I ask, did that mean that you. Did you find, did you find it hard to move or something with it? Because I had a friend that did 30 days. He's a lawyer. He did 30 days on the trot, 20-hour days. And at the end of it, as, the, as this, whatever the task he was doing finished, he found one day he could not get out of bed. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, perhaps it was something to do with that as well. So yeah. you, li- you completely Yeah, I worked for seven yourself. years without a day off, pretty much. That's, wow. what, that's kind of how, I mean, you know, with, with a week. But, what you made know. you why do you think you need what is it about I hear this story I do hear this story uh, why 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 did I work in that well, yeah, way what, what was it about what made you think that you need to go to that level and not you know pushing yourself that hard that seven years down the line you basically have an adrenal burnout well you don't know what an adrenal burnout is you think that the harder you do something the better you get the longer you do something the better you get yeah, you know, it's like if I work twenty four hours, that means I 
you know, I'm like three days in one, not three days in one. Now I'm realizing I can work four hours and do three days in one. Yeah, it's a, I wonder if that's to do with growing up. It's weird, isn't it? It's like an ego thing does get in the way. Yeah. Um, Cultural programming, I yeah. think, has a lot to do with it. The age group we grew up in, this the rising startups, the, oh God, you yeah. know, everyone's a, everyone's a millionaire kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, the, something's compromised along the way or it's part luck or part this. And it's weird, isn't it? I mean, it is a real thing. I often just think, God, it's total nonsense, the whole thing. But it, I mean, it, you, then you hear stories like this and it actually does happen. And I think, you know, it, yeah, if I look back now, I think... Um, I used to, I used to sort of be. I was very proud that me and Sinks would work. I don't think. See, funny. So I'm jumping everywhere here, but Sinks and myself, you know, pushed ourselves very hard for 15 or so years. Or actually, I'll say, 13 is the last few years have been quite different for me as I've sort of changed my life. But I don't. I, I actually loved what I was doing. So like, there was no. What is it that you were doing? That, that no, pushed you, push you for 13 years. Uh, I think it was. I think it was a. Dr- without really being conscious of it, it was a drive to be successful i don't think but it was not um i mean i probably tried to uh, maybe it was more basic than that but i think it was just yeah i want i i enjoy i wanted to be perceived i wanted to be successful it wasn't even to be perceived i wanted to prove that i could build a design company that was different to everyone else's i wanted to prove that we could do it our way which was what we believe was treating people better than other people that i wanted to prove that to best mates who'd known each other since 11 who had no business understanding could just work hard and actually work hard could could uh, could could uh, prove that you could do well i don't i i just i was passionate about it and i didn't i just loved it and actually when i think about it, like i didn't really my friends that i grew up with were less and less interesting for a long time because they weren't willing to talk about work and me and sinks are best mates i was you know since i was 11 and we just talked about do we i think also we caught up it grew it grew it grew it got to like 400 people at one point so it was just like there was no I definitely relate to this. I mean, where I it was growing, 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 loving it, love it, love it. And then one day over a series of sort of minor breakdowns, but maybe they were bigger than, maybe I just dealt with it, maybe I didn't deal with it. Um, I realized that the company was definitely taking me. It was, I wasn't in, it was, I was just slave to it. And um, quite a bizarre feeling to have when all I had was us two. All I wanted was us two. I put us two first. My wife recently you know talked to me about on one of my podcasts where she you know she knew that she was not priority number one it was the business and um she sacrificed everything for me to to allow me to do everything and then one day i didn't love it and um but it but it wasn't it's overnight it was like two years of this constant turmoil in my head which led me actually so i'm jumping so, everywhere so did you know actually at the start of those two years you didn't love it but it took you two years to let it go I think it was a constant, yeah, it was a constant battle. I, I still think it continues to this day uh, of just like a guilt almost. Like, wait a sec, I, I've got all this, all these staff um, which who, who see me as this charismatic leader who is absolutely out there continuously working. He doesn't see his family that much. He, he's not, you know, relentlessly friendly to everyone, always smiling, you know, and I was smiling most of the time. And then I was like behind the scenes thinking, fuck, in some ways I kind of need to open up to these guys and say, guys and girls, I'm not actually feeling it. But how do you talk? How do you actually say that and potentially break that bond? Or my belief in my head was if I told people that I wasn't really feeling it, they'd all leave tomorrow. Now, eventually I took the risk, actually. I I broke down one day and 
uh, in the Costa Coffee for all. I don't know why I keep promoting them. But, um, and I just felt, fuck it. And I emailed everyone in the whole company and I said, look, I, I, basically, I do know how to tell you this because I'm about to tell you it, but I haven't felt good for a long time. There's most days I'll turn up to work and I just turn around and go home again. I just, I built this place to be a sanctuary for us all to be humans. And I feel like I'm not living up to those values. And so I just need to tell you, I'm not feeling that good. And I had a lot of actual physical, what struck me in looking back, because I found one the other day, I had f- people actually wrote physical letters, to, not real letters, not physical ones. It wasn't like a, a man in the post. But um, yeah, I, uh, fuck, this is going to be a Tanjay podcast. This is going to be hard to unlock this. What in truth am I trying to say? What basically, the, the crux of the whole thing is I realized that I need to look after myself. And actually looking after yourself, being selfish allows me to actually be even more selfish which is spend all my time caring about other people but i before i cared all about everyone else because that was what i loved doing but i didn't care about myself particularly i just love drinking beer i love going out i love you know the community aspect of drinking going out every night staying up late getting up early you know partying then i thought this is just cannot be right anymore. So like a year and a half ago, I stopped drinking alcohol. I said, fuck it overnight. I'm going to be a leader that actually, if I've got this potential power, which isn't really power, it's an influencer. Uh, maybe I should be influencing people positively, like saying, you know what? You don't have to drink alcohol every day. Uh, I'm, so I'm not going to do it. So I don't, I haven't for a year and a half now. And now I said, right, I'm going to become an ultra run. I'm going to run. What's the worst thing that ever could happen to me? It'll be going running for a long, long distance. Cause I'd just done a marathon a year or two before un, unfit. And it was horrible. Worst experience of my life. I really hated it. Um, but you know, as we all know, when you do anything, you hate it, but you love it. So I thought, fuck it. I'll tell everyone I'm going to run a hundred mile race, which unfortunately for me now is actually coming up in a few weeks, four weeks to go. And I'm just going to, don't know, I'm going to document it. And I'm going to rebuild myself completely new because actually I'm not us two, although I thought I was. Um, one day us two might not be around and I need to actually find out who Mills is. And that's why, funny enough, when I listened to Charlie, I think why I went so positively overboard and how much I love the Charlie Dart podcast and I shared it to as many people as I possibly could and had a lot of conversations in the back channels of people who really were inspired by your cast with Charlie. I resonated with so totally different life, but I totally understood what he was saying. And I love that bit where he talks about wanting to find out who he was beyond Run, um, Run Dem Crew, like who was Charlie Dark. I really, I really understand what he's going through there. I loved it. I, I, I haven't heard a podcast where I loved it so much as that particular one. So all your efforts at the moment, um, <clears throat> are all your efforts a way of understanding yourself? Yeah, they, um, yeah, and, I th- and, and actually... Um, I mean, you literally have to go. I would have to speak for 150 days, really, to uh, to be able to properly. That's why you've got a podcast. That's why I've got a podcast. No, so I, so so, yeah. I, I and I, I explain this to my. I try to explain this to my wife quite a lot. It's okay to change continuously, and actually, I have allowed myself to change, and I do change. I've always been a changer, but my wife is having to deal with the fact that I'm accentuating the, my ability and want to augment to a different person. I don't have to be the character that I made myself, like you made yourself. I can actually be whoever I want. Now, right now, I'm going to try to prove to myself I can become a fighter. I could think of nothing worse than becoming a professional MMA fighter. I mean, it would be the worst thing. But I think, I think actually, that's a mind shift. I just need to change my mind. So that was a total tangent there. Can, so, <laughs> you try to um, hold this thing together, you're going to deserve how, a prize. I'm not going to try to. I'm just going to ask you questions that come to mind yeah. as you talk. Um, <clears throat> change is quite scary. 
not not always for the person going through the change, but maybe for the people surrounded by the person going wow, through the change. Wow, that's exactly right. Okay. So how does your wife and your, your kids take to, hey, dad's completely different this week? Yeah. <laughs> or, I, or your wife being like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, how long have you guys been married? Twin, well, 10, 10 years married, 20 years together. So how does your wife... Uh... Fun enough, she... That's very perceptive what you said, and I'm glad, because I don't think I would have remembered that that's exactly... Oh, sorry, that's what she, um, that's what she said to me. She, I think she, I think she, well, I know she does. She tells me she struggles somewhat because she's always known that she thinks it's okay. We're going through a stage, I'm jumping everywhere. We're going through a stage where I'm hitting my 40s. I don't think it's a breakdown in such of me being 40, but I think it's easy to sort of conveniently sort of say look i'm getting 40 i better look at myself a lot of our friends are getting divorced a lot of friends are getting ill it's a time to to reflect and certainly on the relationship level my uh, lease says to me like one of the reasons that she thinks that we are still together is that basically she feels like she'd be married to about 20 different people <laughs> so actually she's perfect like, and actually, actually it's perfect for her it's brilliant um she hasn't changed once in those 20 years my ad so no, i'm still around no i have to at least i've never had an affair um so i th- but you're right. It's very difficult for her. And actually, she 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 sacrificed a lot to to understand that she lives with someone that one one minute is obsessed by. So she said it recently. Ultra running has been something that I really got obsessed about because of all the benefits that we can talk about later. And, and I know I'm sure your listeners know about. But then recently, I've got myself into a complete jump where I want to get strong and I want to go down that world, which is a quite different from ultra running. And she sort of said, look, last week, it's all about ultra running. You want to be an ultra runner. Now you want to be this. I'm like, look, I'm going with the flow of learning. I'm learning again. I haven't learned for 20. I don't think I learned anything for 15 years. Other than I was just a doer. Build a business. Build a business. Enjoy it. Have fun. Get drunk. And now I'm going back to basics. I'm like, fucking hell. There is a world out there that is not the world that I preconditioned myself to believe mm-hmm. only existed. There is actually a world out there. Fuck me. That's quite weird when you're tethered, though, to a family and a wife. I'm not saying for one minute, and luckily Lisa would never listen to this, but um, I, um, she, won't, well, she, she might listen to this because it's not me exclusively talking. She won't listen to my own podcast. She says she has enough of that when I talk. And she doesn't like the voice that she claims I put on when I talk on podcasts. But, um, yeah, I'm just, the world is, is a lot bigger than I ever yeah. imagined. You sound like a man invigorated as opposed to a man going through a breakdown. I am. In, I think there. I think I would suggest they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, it sounds like you're having lots of fun. Like you're jumping around because you're like, okay, this is, good. and your tone of voice. This is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. I also think you're a man that's incredibly blessed to have a foundation that your wife gives you, which is uh, not to allow you to do it because I don't think it really works if someone if you get into the concept of allow. But um, tolerate, maybe, maybe tolerates the word. You're, I'm, I'm going to say again for the second time. You're clever. That's actually it's like therapy. That no, but she's she, you are, and I think that's the thing she she actually pointed out again yesterday. I am extremely lucky that Lise, who I've known for twenty years, like we are best friends, she has tolerated and she knows the, sort of the ambiguity of me and the way I am. So I think she knows what she married into. But you're right. I mean. People often will say, like, how do you get the time to do what you're doing? And I'm, my answer is, I make the time. JFDI. I JFDI. For one, I will always, I mean, I am luckier than others in that I've got to a position in my business where actually operationally I do not run any of the businesses. You know, I feel I deserve that. It's taken me a long time to, to believe that I deserve to have the time to myself now. The businesses run. You know, I am like a, I'm sort of more ephemeral across the businesses. 
I've got a wife who who knows that I need my free, uh, I need space and time. Um, and I make the time. I get up at four thirty in the morning, and I so I can have those two hours before she and the kids wake up. I like walking, listening to Charlie Dark and you guys talking. I. I'm not willing to. I this is selfish, but I'm not. I am not willing to sack. I'm not willing to get to the end of my life anymore, knowing that I didn't maximise it, and that is selfish. And I know you're meant, but um, I I don't. I can't. I can't. When I first made the change, I was really when I first made it's come out to my forties. Thought fuck, I'm not. I had watched quite a number of videos online, and that's the beauty of things like YouTube. Seeing these people older than me talking about you know, green smoothies, talking about feeling great every day. And I'm like, I kind of, one thing I know about me is I love being excited. I love being around people who love people. I love, I just like hugging people. I like, I just like goodness, but I'm not really feeling good. But these guys and girls are telling me they feel really good now. And they don't drink. I'm like, fuck, I need some of this shit. So I forced myself to change everything about my life. And I went hunting for that, that elixir, that feeling of feeling really good. And I started finding it and it's like it's a drug yeah and why would you give it up well I'm not gonna give it yeah. I mean and, and this is the f- I mean you've got to you've, you know I have to look, I, it sounds like I'm a complete arsehole probably because I you know I do give an awful lot back to my family and but I'm I need to be happy in order to, 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 to be happy and I will say and I said this morning to my wife I feel like me and my wife I'm not gonna say for the first time because she might listen to this I'm in a place where we've never kind of really been before. Like, it's real now. And I say that because, fucking hell, I don't know why I'm saying this. People get married, they have kids, and then actually you realise you're not actually compatible. You're actually just with each other for the kids. Remove the kids, the relationship's gone. And that could very easily happen. And actually, I think we're going, well, I'm aware of that. So we're putting the effort in to be best mates and to sort of, stay compatible fucking hell if Lisa listens to this I'm dead meat no mate but I don't think she will she she understands I tell her this I think it's I think it's a really good thing that she listens to this yeah if she won't if I can get her to listen to this I would try Uh, you know what she might talk about the podcast that I put on today but but I'm actually really excited sorry uh, this is uh, this is really exciting that we're in a position where we talk about this because I there is a better there is definitely a better self um, I'm not qualified to be talking about one, so I've never used the word self in my life, but I've been learning for the last year. There is a better world for us when you start ch- making changes. Yeah. Um, and I will say... When you make changes towards looking after yourself. Yeah, looking after yourself, absolutely. Like, so what were your one, two, three steps of looking after yourself? Green juice? That came later. Stop drinking alcohol. Stop drinking alcohol was number one. Change the nutrition that I put in myself and absolutely go all in use what i learned from going all in on my business to go all in on myself i go running just fight go go all in so movement Make, movement absolutely yeah. and that's of course why i came across you guys and why actually when i started talking about running i think that's why we move was put on onto my agenda because movement actual movement is something that i've been talking about a lot recently because i've only just fucking realized sorry for swearing you can edit that out and you don't edit so i can keep it. swearing <laughs> I, it's because I'm illiterate. That's sadly, I, it's not. I've only just realized that it's okay to move. Like, yeah. I think I was programmed to believe, and I was programmed to believe, that you just move to get to somewhere and you sit, you do something. Now I'm actually, I love yoga because I'm just, this is just crazy. I just, I just, I mean, just like Charlie, I don't know what the hell is going on, but 
I something love it. Is going something, on. And yeah. now I've got into this like this sort of zoo movement, this kind of movement, this like calisthenics is, is where I would like to get, but I'm so weak, hence I need to get strong. I just love I mean that's why I'm gonna sit I'm gonna try to show you I can do cross leg and I'm very proud of that. It's like when I come off it I can't walk. But um yeah, movement is wonderful. I get up in the mornings now and I think, fuck it, why wouldn't I just prance around the garden dancing to myself? It's okay. It's not actually any weirder than just living on this planet. So um so I do it and it's fucking great. Mm. I would never have done that before. Dude, we've got so many different people to put on your radar. That yeah, please, yeah, please do, there. because the more you do, I'm so, you know, Sinks and Lee's both said, the, Sinks, my co-founder in us two, thinks my, my weakness is the fact that whoever you put me in front of, I'm going to kind of be inspired by them. I'm going to basically, whatever they tell me, I'm going to agree. Um, and it's true. So then I said to myself, fuck it. A, I'll shunt any of those friends that I don't really give a shit about anymore. Gone. I'm not going to waste any more life with them. I've only got one life. And two, I'm going to put myself in front of things that inspire me. So if you send me people and I start following them on Instagram, I know that my brain will start going, I'm going to be that person and I will go there. And so it's like now I'm just very aware that I, that's why recently I got rid of a lot of the things I follow and just followed UFC fighters only to see if I can convince myself that actually, even though I'm a complete wimp, I can mentally pretend that I'm a fighter. So I can get, I don't want to actually fight, by the way. I just want, I love the idea of it's a mindset. It's a, it's a, I think everything's a mindset yeah which of course it is hence why i can too i will i'm telling myself now do this hundred mile race <laughs> yeah. which i haven't trained enough for in four weeks time because at the end of the day it's only moving my feet forward there's a guy that um i don't know if you listen to him chris but one of these american that started off with um our oh, guy napoleon hill way back in the 30s probably a bit before he wrote this book think and grow rich and then it went to Earl Nightingale and then after him was a guy called Jim Rohn and they kind of had they did these speeches and you know helping the world be a better self but he said you should always go to work harder on yourself than you go to work clever a sort of thing I would have said if I had any brains yeah but it makes sense but I don't why do people I don't it's weird like the other day yeah like a post um yeah I think it's why do people think like why do they say to me just I remember it because I'm now going to forget you're like it was almost like a dig. I know some people dig. Oh, how do you make so much? How do you have so much time, Mills, to do this? It's like I know that's what they're actually saying. It's like you should be programmed to do this and that. No, fuck you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up really early. I'm gonna stop drinking so that I can wake up at four thirty, so that I can have two hours before you, lazy little shit, or that's all. I just got excited there. Or asleep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing things I love. I did love drinking, so that I can do more of the things I really love, which is having time yeah. to myself. Well, I think it's just conditioning, isn't it? Which is why it's important to pass on, pass that message on to your kids and to on, on to other people and do what you do because it inspires people. You know, people are, <clears throat> people feel guilty about spending time on themselves, and so they'll spend time on other people. Yeah. You know, and it's like. You, Okay, that's Which, great. That's awesome if you want to spend time on other people, but you will spend much more effective time on other people if you spend time on your first self because you can't, you can't look after other people if you haven't looked after yourself, right? No, but you don't get taught that. You don't, well, you this, this is what I mean. So it's conditioning. So, so basically, how have you got enough? Why have you got time to spend on yourself? That's, if you reverse engineer that, that's like someone's trying to make you feel guilty about spending the time on yourself, whereas all you've got is yourself, Everything you can, everything can be taken away in a moment, but you're still left with yourself. Yes, mm. well, that and that. You know what? That's um, that's actually the pivotal moment that I had with me, and I, I, 
I remember. I, I do remember this. Whether it happened is, is another is another world because you know I probably convinced myself this happened. It didn't happen. But I've always told myself that I walk past a William Hill betting shop not to bet, but there just happens to be one at the end of my road. And I look in the mirror and I see basically a, a bit of a. I was not particularly in good shape. I didn't look good. You know, you've got the moves. You've got the belly that you're holding in. You know, you, you, know, it's the, you know, when you're in that position, when you're in the car and you're using the strap to tighten it so that it pulls your belly in, you know you're in a place. It's not <laughs> And I did that a lot. You know, you can be yourself, you know, or your kid even makes a, a dig at you. And I thought to myself, I've been craving for 15 years success. Like, I don't even know what the hell success actually is, but I want it, yeah? And then actually, what I said, wait a second, two years ago, I had this success with this game with Monument Valley, and it was one of the biggest successes. I mean, So talk to us about that quickly. Well, not quickly, talk to us about that however you want, but no, um, just well, to give us context. Well, I think, well, the, yeah, the context being that, you know, for, you know, I always wanted to prove that we would be like an agency that was, you know, that obviously made money with working with our clients, but used the money we earned to, to, to reinvest and to take huge risks on things. And we, event, and we made a game called Monument Valley, which everyone, well, anyone that I spoke to, again, probably not anyone, uh, you know, thought it was crazy to make. And, you know, actually we had made 16 things prior to it and that hadn't done particularly well. So maybe they it wanted something. And we put this game out and it does really, really well. And it was like, oh, you know what? I kept on going. I persevered. I never stopped. We put a lot of effort and money and a team into it. And it did really well. Now, that was basically, if I was to, exactly what I was searching for. I wanted the industry to know that I and the team and the company had put something out that no one else would dare to do. And it was a success financially you know but also most importantly artistically and it was that and yet two years later i thought what the fuck i am still searching for success but i've i've there's no more success than that i mean okay you can get even more money we could have even more people tweeting about how good you are but actually you've done it so i thought i'm chasing the wrong thing here i mean it i mean it was literally that and i said wait a sec uh, money doesn't solve anything um at all all that matters actually is if i feel really good about myself and i feel good and i don't have to use that seatbelt to tighten my stomach then maybe that's what it's all about and um that was the overnight sort of realization that i thought i'm just going to stop drinking and i'm going to focus everything on myself because if all else fails if I feel good, if I actually feel good when I wake up and I spring out of bed and I want to be energetic and I want to be sitting in this room with you feeling actually good, then that's success, surely. I mean, maybe you have to go through, you know, I think you almost pro- I probably had to, to reach a form of success in order to then realize that actually it isn't everything. And I feel like a, um, like a cliche, really, because you hear this story a lot, obviously, and, you know, if you go looking for it, you hear the most famous of people who are clearly... A, a, gone beyond me and success still say that it it doesn't mean anything to them really but um, you have to experience it yourself you I, think you prob- I think you'd probably do because I- i've tried to convince other people that they should get fit earlier younger and they're like nah i wouldn't have listened to me when i was younger i wanted that success i wanted it was the drive it was just like you building your business i think there's that point in uh everyone's life and whether they get to it mm. that they get to it and it's uh we we have a, another thing that we're working on a, a, about health and there's a point where you go from I don't know and I don't care to I don't know but I really do care and it seems to happen around this mid-30s mark where you're like and it's usually someone else has been ill or yourself and it's like 
it just changes overnight and it becomes this, yeah, it's I don't know and I really do care and you go on this quest. Most people I think just, they they just, they hover at zero and zero isn't health or feeling good actually because feeling good and health is limitless. Yeah. It, it keeps on rising but we're taught that as long as, as long as your head is just above water, yeah, that is a really then you're good. good. That's, I think that's a good way of explaining it. And really you're not good. No, you're, you're not. And actually there's so much more in... I mean, I'm at, I hope that I'm at the tip of the iceberg of what I'm going to find. And I think, you know, through exploring certainly magazines like yours, you're seeing bloody hell, there's, there is a lot more than the standard expression of movement that I've been taught or not taught. But I, I, I think I went through like a morning stage when I first, when I first started to feel good because I thought, oh my God, I'm 40 years old. I know that hopefully I've got some better years ahead, but not the majority of my best years may be ahead of me. And I got really sad. I thought, fucking hell, I've, I've, I wish I could rewind time. And then I then I got got over that. I thought, wait a sec, I could go next ten years could be my best. I really sure. And I and I really, but for a split second, I was really. It almost the the the, the goodness I felt made me feel sadder. But then I just rose up and I thought, wow, I'm going to spend every single day trying to feel better. You just got to check out a rich roll. Well, for, uh, so I didn't actually name drop him because I thought everyone mentions rich roll, but lucky you did. He's he's 53 or something. He that was actually the reason that I felt good because I thought, fucking hell, he's actually. He's the one talking about the green elixir, and he's fifty something. So actually, I've still got ten years on him, and it wasn't a competition. But it's and like, he's got a podcast, mate. He has got a podcast, <laughs> and I did listen to it, uh, and that was probably one. Of the, that's probably one of the reasons. It's funny actually when I um, oh, I was there. Oh, God, I always open doors. I can't actually bother to finish. I just close it straight away. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to close it. I was going to keep talking. I'm mirandered in some total bullshit. But uh, isn't it? It's incredible how it is incredible. What's incredible? I don't know. I haven't even worked out what I was going to say then. But it's incredible just how many people aren't willing to go on a journey. One of my difficulties I have with my wife actually is I'm kind of, you can't see this if you're listening, but I'm kind of further down the line of, of, of going down this kind of world of like better self. And I think she, I've got to find a better way of bringing her along with it because I think she's a little bit left behind. And I think there is like alternative medicine, different types of therapies, going on yoga retreats, all this stuff that you're, when you're a bit young, you're kind of, well, when I was younger, you're programmed to think that's a little bit odd. They're all yeah. people. They're not all people. They're just people who, I mean, fuck, they're not. I'm going on a retreat. In fact, Lisa bought me a retreat for, um, for my birthday, for my 40th birthday, and well, she's coming with me. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think people are on this journey at different times, and it is a journey, however woo-woo that, no, no, that no, phrase is. If I is. say journey, Lisa goes crazy. Yeah, but yeah, but and it, it is the best <laughs> use of it. And I think my, my partner's the same, you know, and she was born into a world of this, and then I was just like, why would no one just get on the fastest train on this? Because I want to go everywhere with it. And But why don't they? Well, I, th- I think people need a point in their life that triggers it. I really believe that. And and I see it more and more with, with yep. guys. And I don't know whether that's because we're all so macho and buttoned up and we don't like to talk about things. And Just on that, though, because it's inter- I hear that a lot about men. I mean, I have never been a macho man. I've never been someone not afraid to express myself. I've always believed I'm very open. I create an environment with us to... You know, that was all about friendship and all about being, you know, bring yourself to work. And I, I was always very proud of being that. And I feel like now that's becoming like the norm. Thank God it should be. But I've never, I've never struggled with that side. But yet I still felt 
there's something holding me back. So I don't think it's only to do with being macho. I don't even believe that. I don't even know any macho men. You two are the machos men, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and we are incredibly macho. Really? Oh, I mean, look at us. <laughs> no, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, I'll see more macho. <laughs> no, but it's a good point. Like some people don't want to, to go down. I mean, take yoga, for example. I I try to prophesize about the 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 what is special and spiritual about yoga but yet it's very hard to get people in a room which is why what charlie's doing is really really good well yoga yoga is a funny thing and i practice it every day and chris has done his done his yeah i'm I'm doing it pretty much every day yeah and um good on you i think it's the stillness it's what it brings up which sounds totally woo woo and i you you do your hundred miler and people are like, oh, fuck that. Why, why would you want to do that? It's not really the 100 miles. It's what it brings up and what you're shown about yourself. And we could then go on to a whole other... I mean, then you can go into a big old healing journey of plant medicines and all of that stuff. I'm starting this, to explore like, around that. I mean, I've seen some podcasts now where... What kind of scares me is that I kind of... I'm starting to understand that there are other doors that I can go through that I'm not at. I'm still kind of the periphery of kind of exploration. And I have seen and listened to other podcasts about other journeys you can go on that is d- bit deep. I, I think the- of it as a t- I talked recently about believing like there's a space station that my wife, let's say, lives on. And I'm one of those space people that goes out on a tethered rope that's willing to go a bit further and look around. But I know I'm still tethered. Most people won't even go on that rope because actually they think, what's the point? Like, who? What's the point of anything? But. Some people would go even further and don't come back. I, I would actually disagree. I don't think it's uh, what's the point. I think it's, <clears throat> to go back to what you're saying, it's uh, what stage on the journey they're on. I think everyone's destined to go out on that rope. You think, okay. Absolutely, 100%. Everyone's destined to go out on that rope, yeah. but, but, but people just take different times to come to it. And there's no, it doesn't matter whether you came to it when you were 23, 37, 58, 90, whatever. It's, and that it, is the, a the part time, of being or, a human. The time is even irrelevant. Even in this life. Yeah, yeah, or even in this life, maybe it's the next one. But it's like, you know, you're, wow. <laughs> everyone's kind of destined to get onto it, it's just at different times. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 but I, I, yeah I know, I think it's, it's such a liberating Because when you, to, think, when you think about it like that as well, I think it allows you to be a lot kinder to, to yourself and to other people. Because like you said, way? well, you become, I guess, less judgmental. You know, you're not saying, well, I'm here. Why I'm out on this rope? Why the fuck am I out on this rope? Why aren't you guys out on this rope? It's like, oh, you know, your circumstances or situations, or you haven't gone through that break point in your life. I mean, <clears throat> it's all, it's one of those things. Almost, yeah. almost. Uh, whoever said it, and I quote it all the time, but I don't know who said it. The it's it's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. Or yeah, you know, the breakdown that. allows the new beginning. It's it's a blessing in disguise. It, well, but that, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's utterly terrifying. And so because it's change. I yeah. Guess. And so a lot of people don't want to get to that. So it's almost a blessing, or they do everything they can to protect themselves and, and you know, wrap themselves in bubble wrap to get to that. But it, in one way or another, it, it's coming. It might not be that your business gets too successful or that you get divorced or you, whatever else. It's like you're going out on the rope because you stood at the door or you're on the space station. Yeah. You're on the space station. You're so, you're, on- so you're going out on the rope regardless. And, and it might take you a little bit longer, but it will come. And then, you know, so if, I think if you're accepting of everyone else doing everyone else kind of getting out to that rope you're like okay cool everyone's got their their time in the journey and you know and that, and that will happen and and that's cool and 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 if you as an individual and i think that's what the value is in your podcast regardless whether one person or 20 people is listening to it is that you're kind of saying 21 by the way okay 
you know, you're saying that this is a journey I'm doing and you're just sharing it. And that is inspiration. That's, in a, a, that's in a good point, actually. Because I, th- I mean, me and Lisa have often had, we've had discussions uh, where I've kind of said, you know, you don't support me. You know, like you don't listen to my podcast now. I actually wouldn't want her to listen to it because I, you know, I, I use it as a space to talk sometimes about her. Because she's like, I listen to you all day, every day. She listens to me every day, but also <laughs> I think it's because she's not on that journey. And I think actually the people that resonate with, the, you know, with that podcast are on a similar journey and hence they relate to it. Whereas to force it on Lisa, she's just not, she's not, it's not that she's not ready. She just isn't there yet. And that, to be honest, I, I don't know if I'd, I don't know how I'd feel about someone else being on the same journey. What I have found I repeatedly find myself saying, I just don't give a shit anymore. And hence, I give so much of a shit. I give so much of a shit about not giving a shit anymore. And I can't really explain it beyond that other than I just, I just have to sort of every day just remind myself. Well, it's the world is so abstract that it doesn't really, it's, there isn't, I, you know, you're, you're grown up to believe that it's as basic as go to school, get a job, uh, get married, have kids, retire, the end. That's kind of the basic framework, isn't it? But actually... What? I can't actually explain. That's why it's a void now. But it's like we're all for, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. So it, hence why pretend it does, and hence just smile all the time, laugh, do weird things. Not even weird things. Just not give a shit anymore about anything. But give a shit. There's all, there's there's that double. It doesn't really mean anything. But it, I can't. I still yet to be mature enough in my in my learning to understand what I really mean by that. But I just think like making loads of money building a really big business i mean no one really cares like i was driven so much by other people's perception of me so it why that is such a weird place to be in like why would i care what other people think like why when they don't even give a shit about me so what's your uh, advice to the 23 year old graduate that walks in the door and says hey mills what's up dude what what the, what do I do? Well, they, I mean, to your point though, well, I get a little bit confused as how we're meant to be with them, and and hence I just say what I think, which is often different. To your point, they have to go through something to in order to understand what I'm saying is not total nonsense, and until that point, I don't think they they will think I they just will think I don't know he's smoking something, um, but. I looking back now, I don't really think that me drinking every day was actually that. Con- I think if I hadn't done that, I think I could have learned more quicker. So I think it's funny that, isn't it? That's because not very useful. You might it? not have put yourself here by doing that, because that then built up this world that you built up to then step away from. If you're always in it, if you're always, if you were surrounded by green juice your whole life, you wouldn't appreciate. You the, wouldn't the, appreciate the, the, that nectar. Well, yeah. you're know, right, and I, I mean, I put. Uh, you know, I I was probably looking back now. I was probably and maybe uh, there is an element of it. Depressed for a couple of years. That's what Lee says to me anyway. She says when we talk about it, and again, it's quite recent. It's all quite recent. Like she, you know, do you, she sort of said, "Do you understand how hard it was for me in sinks? You know, two years you were, I was there to, for you to pick you up. You weren't even aware of this. Now, what, I really wasn't aware. I mean, of course, as a maybe as a macho man, I wasn't. You know, you don't believe what that is is depression." It might have just been a very vague, but I wasn't happy. I Every day I was like, I really wasn't happy at all. I'm not trying to overblow it, but I was just like, I mean, even to this day, annoyingly, I'm still not eternally happy, even with all this elixir that I'm going to be now. Why should you be? Well, exa- exactly, you shouldn't be. And actually, I almost realise now I need the downs to feel even better. 
Um, I don't know why I keep saying elixir, by the way. I think Rich Roll says that, and I think it's got into my head. Uh, I, I imagine he means he, he actually, you know, why he said, I, I stupidly, I tried to show uh, Rich Roll to Lise, and he talked about an elixir of mushrooms, and she just said, What is going on here? This guy is mad. Um, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'd. I don't know. I just think I, I am quite excited but confused about life in that if, if, if my entire life was built up and I built it up to believe that it's all about what other people think about you. And that really was why I was doing it. You know, in some ways, I want to, I feel good if people think Mills has done being successful, not for being like a banker, you know, not anything against bankers, but about you know, do, building a genuinely good company that I think is, is creating impact on the world. But I was driven by that need for other people to validate my own life. I guess once you start feeling good about yourself and training and realizing you can run 100 kilometers at least, if not the 100 miles that I've got to do in a few weeks, then you start believing a bit in yourself. Like I be- and you start realizing that you can change your own game. And uh... The ability to understand change, I think, is really, really important. That you, that you can change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you're told that this is what you are, and we've experienced mm. this. I think you are what you are. I had a clothing company. People think I'm a designer. I wasn't. I was just expressing that point of my life through clothes and through this thing. And it weirds people out when I have a magazine. And, and that's how, and we don't have a magazine. We, or we're not, we just have it. We have a podcast as I was well. I say, because I have seen mean? your magazine. But it's not our only thing. We're not publishers. That's what I should say. We're not publishers, but no. we have a magazine. People do like to label there, don't they? Including, I'm sure, yourselves, yeah. ourselves. And I think that's, the, that's how the movement thing came about. Because we were all these things. I was climbing or running or, you know, at CrossFit. At CrossFit, they thought I was the runner. At runner, they thought I was the CrossFit. And I was like, I'm just me expressing this action through mm. my body at the time but i can talk about strategy or health or it doesn't make me a health coach but i've experienced certain things that i could pass on and chris similar thing and then our epiphanal moment maybe pre-magazine was the lake district run so we ran uh, which one was that one well we just went up to the lakes oh you uh, did your own because I, I did one recently yeah i saw that and it just looked a lot of fun scarfell marathon i'd highly recommend i mean that i don't think a... fun was the right word it was extremely <laughs> difficult i mean but but you did it as but the, the air was incredible oh it? beautiful and chris happened to be up there and i was like wicked let's go let's go running chris hadn't been running for a long time and we decided to run up scarfell pike oh so I, I i saw that one i didn't that wasn't one of the ones i ran up beautiful and we went this totally off-piece route. The, a friend of mine just said, park at this road. You see the mountain. Basically, you just run. Run across all the fields. No path. Just keep on running. And we stopped in waterfalls and we climbed up rocks. And, and then you saw the people on the path, like the linear route of life, head down. All this gear that they'd been told to get. Big boots, you know, rucksack. And they just looked miserable. And it was like that feels to be, like that to me seemed like the elixir of life. Like where we were, Chris was getting naked in the waterfall, you know, good just on you. felt good. In, That's <laughs> something I need to do. I actually. wasn't quite naked. I had my morale trainers on. <laughs> A nice look. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like, we're totally free and we can, we can climb up this bit. We can run down this bit. And I think that ability to move and change, but not see yourself as one thing is incredibly liberating mm. for us. And maybe that, that ability just to keep on you, moving but you almost have to i mean you're right you're absolutely right and you almost you almost have to retrain yourself to understand that that is that is actually gold that is good um good with 
when I was in the, the same place, the Lake District, I remember the, net, the the beauty of that was actually when I finished that, it was only it was like a 55k one, but it was hard, and I I, I learned the hard, you know, running up the Lake District or walk it is very different to running the road. You know, there, there's not really actually much running, or certainly for me in in ultra running on a mountain. But then, but when I finished, we just went straight down to the lake, and I was just swimming in there. It was just that feeling of cold water on my body, knowing that it was hopefully replenishing or. or, mm. or moisturize i'm not sure it would moisturize my muscles mm. just it was a good thing you're right there is that feeling that you had up there i have de- is i've only started having in it since i made the big change of like this kind of like in all honesty f- similar feelings i used to have when i used to take drugs or something you know it was like that you know if you were to take drugs the reason you do it is because you love this idea of just feeling even higher than ever like wow i'm appreciating life but yet you can get that through the elixir, through through pushing your body, through just appreciating smelling the air. And it is one this is why I get up every morning really early. I love the morning so much because it just especially that four thirty five time because no one else is up. And it's what, just, what do you do in those two hours before often, the kids get up? Often I mean sadly I might just be on my phone sometimes, but um but it's just knowing that no one well, I'm sure some people in the world are up there, but uh I will, I will actually just go and walk on the common. I try to do that. I mean, often I will go to you yoga. You live down in Clapham. I live in Clapham and I go to yoga and I do a 6.30 practice, and which means it gives me like from 5.30 to 6, I can walk through the common, nice. record a podcast, upload it and get into yoga. And then hope by the time I come out, I have loads of comments, you know, it still drives you a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you don't because I forget to upload it. But um, I just I just love, I've really appreciated just walking. And I, I, small little things like even just like taking my shoes off recently i did a very but it wasn't one of the higher um viewed podcasts but i'm talking about just taking my shoes off and just walking on the ground and actually appreciating that feeling you're gonna like the podcast that we've got coming up with um tony, tony riddle. riddle the natural lifestylist brilliant well i, I you know he's I, all about rewilding within your environment fantastic i i did it today i took them off i walked across the common i've been i've actually i've done a couple you know again you what do people think of me fucking get over yourself you no one gives a shit walking i walk from here all the way home take my shoes off and it's I it's an incredible people, feeling when you when that happens it's they wish they could do it but there's something holding them back that's often the feeling i that's what i often tell people when they ask me how do i stop drinking and i think most of the obviously the pressure is the social pressure it is real and and but i think people who have a, an issue with you stopping drinking is only because they have an issue with yeah. themselves and it is and of course they they've lost a bit of a drinking buddy and they think that's the only way you can enjoy yourself yeah but um but yeah isn't it weird all these little tiny things like walking barefoot like going running that feeling at the end of a run is always just so wonderful and i think you can be super creative with it yeah and, uh, there's um a running philosopher called Dr. George Sheehan. He Blimey. he kind of started the running boom, the jogging boom of right, the okay. late seventies. I've forgotten his book. The Zen of Running. No, it's not. That's also an amazing book you should check out. Yeah, that's totally. That's yeah, like I, I mean, I'll read the front cover. Oh no, no, no! Well, it's not even it. a book. It's just pictures. It's just beautiful pictures <laughs> and parables. I can handle that. Of, of running in Malibu, and the guy was the first. He set up the first organic. I think he set up the first organic supermarket in LA in like the sixties. But it's probably about. 200 words over like eight over 10 pages it's called the zen of running it's amazing really okay so there's yeah. some sort of you would love it okay well i, I will and i will love it because i think i'm really loving this idea that part of this journey is about exploring and finding new things and actually realizing the whole point of life is just to learn more and then to die yeah um what are you gonna say uh that book george sheehan he would he would say yeah the most creative time is after you've run you just emptied your mind question for that it is i right. have for you is yes. why do you run 
And I asked that because my osteopath, at the time I was doing ultras and all of that jazz, and she was like, what are you running from? And I never ran again. <laughs> do, you, do you run now? <laughs> no. Bloody hell. And I, I, Because I couldn't answer that question. Why do you run? Um... And I think I, I mean I, I wish I had some sort of deep. I mean I I've just I just I just problems seem to disappear or or reduce creative. I feel I feel that I get high. I crave it. I mean I am a massive coffee addict because I do crave that kind of that high. I I crave feeling um, excited. I really enjoy it. I feel mm. I'm at my best there. I feel I can be me. And so running for me plus a coffee means I'll inevitably end up on a real high. I do, I, I absolutely feel like I come up with new ideas. I often will send, you know, emails to the gang here because off the back of it, you know, um, mm. people would come to expect that on a weekend I've done some long run. I think it was, I just, I just really enjoy the simplicity of it. It's like, it's, that's why I think I really love it. It's so simple, isn't it? I, there's no need to overexplain it. It's primal. It's pri- it is primal. And that's why I'm loving, like, recently I've been absolutely loving, I'm not very good at yet, but walking around like a bear on all fours. I went on holiday um, and I, whenever I could go down on all fours and just walk around the floor on all fours, I was doing it. And I was like, why is this so good? And um, it just is. Yeah. It just, like, it feels incredible. Like, movement feels incredible so then i said to myself i know you didn't ask this question like i need to get better at moving so i need to go to so yoga allows me to start really getting flexible i'm not flexible but not being flexible was like uh, i've really jumped around here but not being flexible back to a point you must have made at some point before this was like part of my narrative like i'm not flexible mills is not flexible so i'm not flexible so i'll spend 40 years not being flexible what so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do something about it, and I'm I'm not gonna not be flexible. So I'm gonna go to yoga every single day, which I do. I've done for three months. It's just not every day, and I am getting flexible, and that feels good because I want to be able to do the things that I can't do right now and move in ways that I can't do. I want to be good at calisthenics, if that's the right word. Um, Words are really interesting because you said I think it's really interesting. Your company was called Us Too, yeah, and you were talking about your wife saying that. You kind of it was, it was you two it was you and sinks doing us two interesting use of words because then you're only ever us two i, I thought you, that was interesting and then you just said um hmm. something that i've forgotten actually it would have been it was, i'm pure philosopher so it'd be hard to remember <laughs> 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 i hope this is something like I, being yes. being i'm not flexible yes because what's the opposite flexible rigid so I'm not flexible, I am rigid, which is a really interesting thing because if you said, oh, I, see you I am rigid, you'd be like, fuck that, I'm not rigid, I'm not flexible. And it's like, where's the middle? Yeah, that's that? nice. Because rigid is brittle. Yeah. Seeing flexible has now been used uh, poorly. Mm-hmm. That means you're kind of a bit soft. You'll, you know, oh, you'll bend over for everyone yeah. kind of thing or bend over backwards rather than just bend over. And then this idea of being supple is like there's a poise and movement's all about uh, end range of motion or at your end range, how yeah. you can move. So you see these like movement masters who've got yeah. like the guy sent you who had ankle weights on and he was yeah. Yeah, doing yeah. these crazy stretches because what's the point of being flexible if you can't use it at the point you can be most flexible oh, Okay. and this strength at your end range of motion and then it brings up this idea of being supple. I've got a real beer mum on it about how we use words at the moment and 
those words that we tell ourselves. I'm not flexible. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, for Christ, I mean, this is why you two. I, I'm very you two. A, you listen well, which is very. It's a good skill of a podcast. That's why I never had uh, did interviews. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I I tend to not know what I'm saying. I just say it. I think I just liberate myself. I think that, for me, a sim- more simple version. Of that, I just I, I just speak my mind invariably I'm realising isn't even my mind that's a bit of a head fuck that I'm having recently that I'm realising that actually a lot of what I'm thinking isn't what I think it's what I think I think um, I'm hoping you two will unpack that but what I mean is like I, I can see I can see now why advertising works for example I finally realised that I can I can sort of tell myself that to do something in a few days so that when I make that decision to do it without thinking unconsciously I make that decision I think that makes sense what I said. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, it started to confuse me and sort of sadden me that I'm kind of not as clever as I thought I was. I'm just like, an, I'm just all the inputs that are coming in. That's what, like, I woke up yesterday and I said, I realized for the first time ever that I could control my mood quite easily. It would have been very easy, and it was. I walked out the door. It for the first time in a long time, as we know, it hasn't been super sunny. So at five in the morning, the sun, well, that beautiful morning wasn't as crisp as ever, and it was cloudy. And I found myself going into a mode where I was using that as the catalyst for my day. So that was going to be like, fuck, I'm going to be in a bad mood because of that. Because it's negative. But then I changed. I said, no, I'm going to embrace this. But it was so easy to flip into that. Mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, maybe that's not philosophical, but philosophical is not even a word. Philosophical. Philosophical. That's the word. Well, that's a different version. This is my version. But anyway. <laughs> I hope I'm adding some value to this, but I feel like I'm not doing it justice. Like I don't really... I mean, you're, you're getting me at a point in my time where I'm very kind of like... I'm completely aware of the fact that I'm completely lost in a wonderful place. And that's how life should be, surely. Yeah. Rather than... Yeah. We've become... Look how much fun you're having. Yeah. I am having... I, I Yeah, I'm definitely at pains to point out that it's, you know, it's still... It's still it's not like perfect, but that's not what you said, is it? But you, I am having fun because I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm not taking be, it seriously. Nothing should be perfect. No, and I'm not taking life seriously. I'm not. I'm because perfect's perception. Correct. Is this the mm. similar period to uh, when you started us two? And I mean that from the sense of no, you were. Oh, you, no, because I think I was so. Uh, I I. Life was e- sometimes I think life is easier when you're young, and probably is what I mean. I think it's normal. I was just unaware. I was I wasn't aware of anything of choice really. I was just on a I was on a pre-programmed route that maybe I programmed to to do something, and I loved it. And I didn't I wasn't th- overthinking. Perhaps also the world was different then. You know, it wasn't so easy to get access to information as it is now. But all of a sudden now I question everything now. Now that might be because I'm older, or just because I'm—I don't know why it is. But when I first started, I, I just wasn't—I was naive, and I, I sometimes in the in recent in the year, I have thought it would be easier to be that naive person walking through life, not really thinking. Uh, whereas now, everything is a question. I have a lot of people that I've met through the podcast that I talk to pretty much every day who are going through a self like this self-discovery piece where they're con- it's very tiring to question the meaning of life every day and I had a conversation with one of my mates recently my best mates who says look there is no answer to the meaning of life so why I'm just not going to bother questioning it whereas I'm like fuck that there must be an answer I'm going to find it somewhere that didn't answer I didn't think your question but I forgot no, what you it, asked me no, halfway it through did, it it led on um <laughs> You can uh, you can stand up by the way. Can you only question? Yeah. The experience you've had, 
because I feel very uh, similar to where you're at. Had I not had those experiences and got actually the world that I've been boxed into and told the path that I've been told to go doesn't actually work. So I'm questioning going, well, it doesn't work when you're unaware. You're just on it. Yeah, you're on it. There's nothing because you've come out of education and you're told to sit down and work hard and then you go into work and you sit down and you work hard. Yeah. And then you get to that point, and you're like, it gets you so far, then you stand up and continue to work hard, but you're standing up going, well, you don't have to sit down. So I'm questioning this change, which you don't really get to start with. No, well, I suppose you don't. No, and I, again, you don't, like we said earlier, you don't, you don't know that what you're going for isn't... I mean, I believe that the city of gold that I was going... that wasn't about money. It was like the, this thing I was... This, this, you know, if you... I don't know what I even believe. It's just like insatiable need for success. Like that is what drives me every day. That got me out of bed. That's why me and Sinks worked so hard and we loved it so much. But and it was, but that, then, it was that love that you had because you've got love for what you're doing now. Oh, I love it. I and really it feels like there's, it's just opened up the game. It's, well, it, I think it's purpose as well. I think we haven't touched on purpose, but I think that's for most of the people that I, that are going through similar conundrum worlds as i'm going in are are searching for a purpose i think when you're building a company there is a purpose there it's a you know to to be successful to to provide a framework for people to be employed to to put wonderful products out there to have fun that was my purpose and when you take that purpose away and over those 15 years you've given yourself no other hobby or anything and haven't even focused on your own family it's like well well, i've got nothing now who the hell am i you know Mm. no if i take away us two does anyone even like me anymore do people only like me because i'm like the founder of certainly in my industry i'm somebody because of this um no fuck i forgot what you were talking about again now such a joke the problem is you know one thing i wanted to sort of get my memory back it's got worse i think because there's so many inputs coming in um fuck that was me buying time i still didn't think about what i was what i was answering what question was i answering there your listeners are going to think this guy is a total loon. No, I, I think there's there's some really good stuff in there. You hope? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe when we record this one, you're thinking <laughs> to yourself. But um, there's so I mean, it's just so so fascinating. Isn't it? I wish there, I wish that there was purpose. like that's what we're talking. Story. That's what we're talking. About. Yeah. So now I'm trying to work out what is my purpose again, and that is the conundrum. The last year and a half has been an internal. What is my purpose? Well, I'm finding purpose in inspiring people. So yes, I talk about my my podcast gives me a platform to inspire but i like inspiring people it's what i used to always do at us too as well and so i think how can i inspire people you know th- and you realize actually through like posting photos as simple things as posting like your your workout on instagram can actually inspire some people and then you think so well of course it does because actually i'm being inspired by people that i'm following who are doing exactly the same it's just passing the baton mm. you know around to, to people at different stages of their athletic career um I wish, you know, I wish that money and success was the answer in some ways because then it would have been quite easy, wouldn't it? But it, you just think to yourself, well, fuck it. I would love to believe that the excuse that I haven't been happy because I haven't made, I haven't, don't, I don't want people to believe I've made loads of money or anything like that. But, you know, I made enough that I was happy, you know, that I got what I needed from life, which is very basic. And, you know, that direction definitely isn't going to, isn't going to get you happy. But, um, forever make trying to make yourself better is like i've got to believe in 10 i mean fuck me in 10 years time i'm gonna surely feel a bit more rich role aren't i so that's gonna be pretty fresh yeah well i think i think we i think there's no limit on on it really there's a natural degradation 
of the, the physical. Of the physical. Yeah. When is that, by the way? Who knows? Not forty, please. Well, no, I don't. I really don't 50? think it is. I think it's, it's later different. than that. Uh, depending it, on the person. Well, I think it depends on the person. I think it's just the body doesn't do what it does at a different point in life. That doesn't mean that it's any less valuable. No, and that's what uh, like, that feeling of bounding, that feeling of although I don't always get it because I don't sleep enough, that feeling of bouncing out of bed really early, like feeling good, feeling excited by the day. That is, that's actually all the only point of life, isn't it? It's like. I wish I was taught that at school. When I was at school, I was, um, I don't know, sport was a bit, I don't know, I always thought sport people were a bit weird. I, it was a bit naff to be a sports person. I think you've got that perception in uh, America, haven't you, with the jocks, the jock, the, you know, that yeah. labelling system. Although probably, I probably would have liked being a jock, actually. Um, they seemed quite cool, but... Um, well, it was a label again. You either were or you weren't. Yeah, you true, and sport, I wasn't. You, I was the commentator. You weren't allowed to be intelligent or what it, it, it everything's so boxed off i think because it allows people to be controlled and and put in and just keeps bringing me back to us two like when you started people mm. have been like this isn't the way you do it in this game this is not the way you do it you yeah. do this you do that and you're going nope no, we're doing the- it we're doing it our way and even when monument valley it's like after one f- fail they'll go well, yeah, okay, it's just one. And then you come back again and they're like, are you absolutely mental? 15 later, they're going, seriously, you, <laughs> you need to properly stop. They were saying that, yeah. But if they'd known on your 16th, it will all come, they would do it. Yeah. But they, d- they, but they didn't. But they you're didn't. right about that. It is about, there's a lot of drive, you know, to do things differently, to do things your own way because you don't believe that the ways that are being done are the ways. Something... Um, I can't remember exactly what Charlie said in your, when you were talking, but I really liked when he talked about what We Move was doing. It was about the sort of highlighting these subcultures, you know, like. And I remember first reading that magazine, like not really relating to a lot of the stuff I was reading. It's like, what is this fucking indie shit? I didn't actually think I, 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 I was that. No, but I know, but I probably I didn't actually think that. But I probably did think it. But I thought, you know, this is not what I've been used to. This is not what I find on the shelves in WH Smiths, if that even exists as a shop. And I was like, I don't really know how to relate to this stuff because it's so alien to me. But it's but when but but I fell in love with it. It's like, wow, this this, well, that, this yeah. life has been for too long, too too regimented. Like, these are the things you do. But you've you've been unearthing gems of stuff I didn't even understand or know. Like movement, like practices that, are like wow, and it's incredible. But I can't remember what the thing I love that you two are talking about. It was you three talked about, but. It's just like because it's special. Like you're in a space where it's really special, isn't it? Yeah, it's discovery for us too. <clears throat> yeah, and that's, curiosity. We were yeah, always yeah, curious. yeah, absolutely. And that's why we go and refuse to turn up to see anyone with ten questions, because then you just get what you want, what you think you want, or what you think you need. You know, and and when you turn up and you're like, okay, cool, just tell us, mm-hmm. tell us what it is you want to tell us. Then you, then you, you know, you're curious. You, you're turning up open. You're turning up curious. You're yeah. turning up looking to learn, and and then people are really receptive to giving it. Yeah. Like you know, people want to pass on what they've learned, especially especially if someone spent twenty, thirty years doing what they do, mastering their craft. They want to be able to learn. They want to be able to pass it on. Well. They don't. I, I I don't think they want to answer a question from someone who has no idea about what they do. And is looking at it from the surface level and has been assigned, you know, uh, you know to go and interview so-and-so person how you know, will natural movement give me abs yeah you know like, but what's your what's your been your criteria for finding because i you know you've got a range of people there 
on that uh, cast. And what it, I mean, and I have to be honest. Well, why well, I wouldn't be honest, I don't know. But um, why, why, why do I f- fit into the into the sort of the gang of people you chosen? Because you seem to have people that are the masters of their practice. For example, a lot of the times, I think people that have they've done it their own way because it'd be very easy to start a creative agency in the way a creative agency starts and you become a cookie cutter one yeah there's a lot of that and all the design looks you want it to you know blah 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 and when we put the our brief together to working with the designers was I want people to pick it up and go I have no idea what this is about but I need to buy it mm. and our agent Matt was saying it needs to be like really like your if your movement it's movement it's running it's this it's that and I was like it's not not the way we want to kind of make people uncomfortable when they pick it up mm. because that's when the magic starts to happen the moment you've got someone there they're like i'm not i seriously i have no idea but i can't put it down <laughs> and I, like you said i'm reading yeah. stuff that i is way above where i'm at or you've just got this connection with someone yeah. that is so strong and i think it's trust it's like we're going on a wicked we're going on a wicked adventure do you want to come no one's going to say no but then the people you were highlighting in it are definitely like I remember one guy was a tattooed guy who's like tattooed super, strength. Yeah, so I started following him and like Chris. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you're finding sort of a real range of people to profile. And in yeah. fact, Charlie was in the first magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you profiled him because of his experience with his run with the, with the random crew, or a bit of both, really. I think what we've done is we've let this. Well, we were. You know, we've done YouTube from start to finish. We've seen everything on there. We've yeah. spent so much time just on fi- it. Just <laughs> finding it. You know, we've done it. Yeah. Totally done it. Um, and people were just being highlighted. And that's kind of how we'd find find people. And he came he came through a friend of mine who I'd worked... We'd done a bit of work together. who's a stylist, art director called Harris Elliott. And he was like, oh, you want to be Charlie? Rundem was kind of an end point charlie was in this group called attica blues and he was doing all these spoken word nights and actually what charlie does so well is he breaks down barriers and brings people together yeah no he that's i really really resonated what he was saying there and that was kind of the that was the message actually to you know you might find it through running but now those runners will find it through yoga or the yogas will find it through running with charlie and he's just doing i I believe you're born with kind of one skill Hmm. sure it was mine well, I think you're doing it with what you're doing now. It just doesn't, it's in a different form. And Charlie's a great example of when it was uh, UPS, which is something Poet Society, the spoken word night. It's the same as Rundem Crew. It's just for... He's bringing people together he's around bringing something. people together and he's yeah. just got that absolute skill. And we believe in letting people do what they're good at. Mm. Us, not us getting in the way. So... You know, we let the designers do the magazine. Yeah, yeah nice. Because we have an opinion. That's our opinion. But the sum is greater than the... part. What you know. It's bigger than what all the parts add up to, really. Yeah, when no, you put I get all that it. Together. I get and, it. And that was it. So our criteria was, do they have a story? And, and a lot of it's intuition and serendipity. That was how YouTube came about. This idea of the universe and you let the universe bring it to you. I was like, okay, let's see if this shit actually works i do i have that word for me is very poignant i i i have i've always believed in serendipity but it seems like you i i mean it's not magic but maybe it is i've I've, it just seems all too often now that 
I can think of something in the next day. It's the some internet version. of life, isn't it? Well, if that's what it is, it's that. But it, it does seem, it does think you can kind of see what you want to see. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying it's magic, but it's, I, I've really, I've really just been freaked out a lot recently of that happening, which, you know, in a wonderful way. Yeah, and we've let it happen. So the magazine, how do we find people? Issue one, Charlie actually came after. We had this one guy to see, Carl Powley, and I'd been uh, a friend of, friend of ours, Simon Freeman, who has Like the Wind magazine. I was with him in Foyle's bookshop. Uh, I remember reading I about that man. He never sent me one. He was going to yeah. send me one. He didn't. Well, we're not going to promote well, his go. magazine. I'm not going to promote his magazine right now on your uh, magazine. <laughs> one bleep, we'll just bleep that out. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and we were in Foyle's in this book called Freestyle Connection. And I was like, just got to have it. Didn't even know what was in it. It was red. It had these squiggles on. Carl Powley, who was like the the gymnastic coach for the CrossFit world. Four basic movements for life. I was like, wicked. So I emailed him. And I remember it. He emailed me back. I was in Ibiza. I had a Skype conversation with him. That was the first person for the magazine. Bang. We didn't have another one in America, but Chris and I decided to go to the States for two weeks. I think I remember him. I don't know how I've heard this. Story, but yeah, you just sort of just like, basically just like rolled up and just yeah, one led to another, led yeah. to another. And we had one person in Japan yeah. and that led on to, uh, and all of a sudden we put the magazine together, but just everyone is connected and it, if you just put, let it do I that. think if you put yourself in the situation, then things will occur. Yeah. If you go and spend yeah. two weeks in Japan, Something some, something's going to come up. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to sit in your Airbnb for, for two weeks. Provided you're not just sat in the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Which a lot of people do. No, you're absolutely right. Get yourself into those, force yourself into a position something good will happen. Yeah. I'll just jump you around a little bit here, but, you know, Lucy, my partner yeah. at that time, thought I was absolutely mad. Like, do, do you remember actually when I was in a? Um, let me get. Uh, get do you remember out. when I was in um, LA and we were discussing it? I got to LA a few weeks before. And you're like, oh, I'm not. You know, like, yeah, we've kind of got it. And I sent you that WH Murray quote. You guys love your quotes, don't you? You're good. A, oh, good. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, sent, I sent you this uh, WH Murray quote, and it's like one of my all, one of my all time favorite quotes, and it. It links into my personal story when I was kind of leaving uh, my, I didn't own a business, but I ran a business basically. And nice. Well, and, and I was, no and I was kind of testing the same theory. I was like, well, I keep hearing all this kind of stuff of like the universe or whatever. So, you know what? Like, I can't keep spouting it if I don't, if I don't go for it. So I'm going to try it out and I'm going to see if it works. And so I sent James's quotes by a guy called W, uh, William H. Murray. I carry it on my phone. It's, I've had it for, since that time. It says, uh, until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely commits itself, then providence moves to. All, things, all sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising one's favour all manner of unforeseen instances and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed what would have come his way. Whatever you do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. I sent you that quote, and the next day you're like, I'll book my flights, I'll see you in three days. <laughs> and that was it. And that, Mate, that's, for me, that's JFDI in a, just a longer way of saying it. And that's it. If you turn up, shit will happen. And yeah. it's, not about, it's not about this kind of woo-woo or crazy magic. It's just like, well, if we go to San Francisco and we meet yeah. Carl... Then you know he knows that we've come from the UK, so he's going to spend some time with us, and we spent maybe three, four, five hours with him. And then it's like, well, we got another two weeks until the flights go. Hey, do you want to? Should we get to Yosemite? Because you've yeah. always wanted to get to Yosemite, and 
hey, I'm, I'm totally up for it. It'd be a great place to photograph. And then we get to Yosemite and we have a serendipitous meeting with someone else. And, and it's not really serendipity. He's just, he's, he's, doing a, he's doing a talk. That's where he lives. You know, we decided to go to the talk. Mm. But at that talk, he was saying everything that we'd been talking about yeah. on our five-hour so, car so, journey. And it was like, we both looked at each other and go, we've got to speak to this he's guy. Got to, yeah. so I think and, and he just went was, up and spoke to him. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he was the stunt double for Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 2 and Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger. Like an absolute, you know, radical dude. Yeah. And that was like three days with him. So, and, so, I, so I think the key to it, the criteria is being open. I think it's yeah, as simple, oh, fuck it. it's, no, it's as simple, right. it's simple as that. Like, you turn up, everyone has got a story. And when you're meeting someone that spent 20, 30 years doing what they're doing, they have got a thousand stories, you know? And depending on where you are, that's what you're going to hear. So I'm sure if we met up with the guy in Yosemite, a guy called Ron Kalk, who we're hopefully going to meet mm-hmm. again in November, we will hear different things this time. Not, not for any other reason than we're three years further down the line. So we're three years more open than what we were. Yeah. So things will just resonate in a different way. So I'm sure we'll come back with a completely different story. It's just, you just got to turn up. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to turn up and it's, be it's open. That first step, isn't it? I can't remember. And, what and also be open to the fact that, you know, you're not at the end. You're at some point, but fuck knows where, where along that, lo- that linear line you are. But wherever you are is, is great because you're on it. Somewhere. You're on that. You're, you're starting. Yeah. So then, you know, something else is going to come in, something else is going to come in and all these great mm-hmm. people then start to turn up and, and then I think also if you turn up really genuine and honest and saying, hey, we don't like, okay, we're about to talk to you. You're one of the world's leading experts on movement. We're not an expert. <laughs> we have a platform to share your expertise. So, you know, what? some of the questions may be basic or, or we may not understand, but that's cool because we're telling you from the beginning that we're not the expert, mm. but we are really, really interested and really open to your story, which is unique to you. And then people respect that. Yeah, well, I think being interested, I think that, you know, a lot of people aren't interested in things. So I'm yeah. glad, you know. Yeah, precisely. And so then, and then, you know, people are willing to share. Again, going back to what we were saying earlier on, I think people want to share their stories. Yeah. You know, want to share their wisdom, want to help other people out, like yourself. You want to help other people out. Sometimes that help is saying, well, you know what? You're going to have to do 10 years worth of work to kind of work out that it doesn't work. <laughs> but that's cool because, you know, that's, that's just the way that, that it rolls mm. out and that's not wasted time that's just yeah. that's just time just go getting it. to it you know that you're you're on that path you're on the line you know but it's you know you're, you're still kind of you'll get there or you know you'll get to another part of the line i should say not there yeah that's the inspirational mm. side of it isn't it you have to bring the action but if someone can inspire you inspiration should lead to the action if you're yeah, prepared absolutely. to put it in and then go it's why yeah I love inspiring people. And, and I assume I do. It's weird to say that you like inspiring because you, I guess the act of inspiring, can only, I can only inspire someone if they tell me I've inspired them. I can't be an inspiration. Yeah, but you're doing... It's really obvious to see that you're having fun. You're in a pretty good space. It is inspiring to be around people that are emitting that energy or those vibes of having a good time and doing good things because, because, people, hope- because people are like, that, that person's having a great time. What are they doing? <laughs> Yeah, I think what I hope, and I, I'm always 
it's very, uh, re- I, I like to be real. I like to be on. Fuck, who doesn't like to be honest? Well, I say who doesn't. There's a lot of people out there who don't like yeah. to be honest. And actually, I'm, I'm always at pains. You know, I'm always at pains to. I'm not trying to paint a picture of perfect ever. I'm actually, I'm actually trying to paint the opposite. Like, I'm not strong. Hence, I'm going to try to get strong. I'm going to try to prove I'm the biggest wuss out there. But I think I can, I think I can motivate myself to change by push, putting myself into positions that I don't want to be in. I, you know, I I couldn't run, but I thought I'd fucking work hard. I'm trying to do that. There are a lot of what I do really not aggressively hate. In fact, are the amount of you know Instagram accounts or people out there who sort of project this total bullshit life where you know I don't really want to talk too much because it's just so boring that narrative. But there are it's I really don't like the 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 fakeness of of some people. So I hope that the people that the small audience that get inspired by me just see a real human being. And I've always, me and Sinks have always said, like, we're trying to set an example that two uh, young at the time, you know, friends who don't have a business background can build something pretty special and just through perspiration and actually less perspiration, more just caring, actually being, giving a shit. So, but it's important you, to inspire Do you people. feel that's the way the world's kind of going though? I think it is more and more. And, it's, you know, it, it, it is. I think that, that sort of fake, that facade bullshit, more and more people are speaking up against it. But there are, there are a lot of naff people out there who, who paint that bullshit picture. But I think it's coming down. I think, you know, what I hear increasingly about what people who empathise with me is that they've always thought, Christ, Mills talks real. He actually talks honestly about stuff. Um why don't people talk? I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't really understand that because, again, it's hard for me not to get annoyed where this kind of... I've all, I mean, I've always just spoke my mind, but I don't know why. Sorry, that was an answer. Why don't people... Well, speak? in a world of... Uh, certainly, we're, we're all kind of from that advertising, creative, authenticity and purpose. Most people aren't authentic and they don't have a purpose. That are telling everyone to be authentic and have a purpose. So, yeah, well, and that's what it definitely comes across as. I, I really hate that. And, and sadly, they 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 are very good at elevating themselves to high stature. So a lot of, oh, I think that's also their journey. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah, I, I do. I reckon I do, they're I just do, hideous I people. Do, no, I don't actually no, know no. that. I'm letting myself <laughs> do I think that? I've said it. Do I think? Yeah, I do. Probably think it at the moment. I probably will find out that you're right. But no, I look, I'm not saying I'm right. I just, I just think that. Everyone's got their their journey, and you know what? If you're not truthful and you're not honest and you're not authentic, it will come back to you. In, what, in one way or another, it will come back. And whether it's real, I think it comes back subtly and more subtly, and and then all of a sudden it's a punch in the face, and you're like, "Fuck!" You know, how many times do you see people like, you know, saying on their on their social media accounts, "Okay, well, actually, the life I've been leading is complete fucking bullshit," and because the pressure becomes too heavy, it becomes yeah, too heavy to too maintain to, a, to, to maintain a lie all the but time. But I almost feel sometimes that we're in a weird place where there is some people out there that are playing that game. I believe I'm led. I'm leading myself to believe that some people like the idea. Okay, of, and that is a weird, nuanced place to be. So, in. isn't that inspiring in itself? Watching someone, watching someone do that, like you understand that someone else is doing it, so that's inspiring you not to do that. Bloody hell, that's deep. Or is it? Yeah, no, you're right. I just, I'm trying to find the good in everything. No, yeah, no, that's good to find the good. In, and I actually, I, and I, I used to be good at finding the bad in things and actually getting quite annoyed by a lot of stuff. And then I thought, you've got to give everything. There's an angle from everything. But there are just a, there are just a lot of naff people out there. Now, if your point is that they don't know they're being naff, 
then that I don't feel bad for them. But if they are... I don't know. Like, I, I have a real aversion. I don't know why to motivational quotes. I know you just read me one. But um, I just, I don't really understand the utility of a motivational quotes. And I'm probably more being specific to, like, Instagram feeds that are covered in them. Like, I don't get, I personally do not get motivated by motivational quotes. That's probably because I'm not really good at reading and I'm not really good at understanding what the hell people are saying. I, I like visuals. So hence why I like that book you're going to send me. But um, I like action, not talk. I think that's why I like. Oh my god, where am I going? The one one thing I t- I try to tell people, anyone who's trying to start something, and this is for my own experiences, I feel like, and I can't be the only one, that really to get into anything, you just need to find somebody that inspires you. So like people like Timothy Sheaf. Mm. I remember when I first got into running, I found a video from Timothy Sheaf. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's been fascinating mm. me for a long time. I love what he's doing. I love his lo-fi videos. I think he seems like a super genuine guy. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing recently is quite bizarre, but I, I kind of like the journey. That's part of that. He's gone further than I've gone yet through his, you know, starvation for like 30 days. But you know, I just got obsessed about somebody else and I wanted to kind of be them in some ways. And I think that helped me to, to push my journey. I did one of the runs, my 100K run to Brighton was basically kind of because he did it in some ways. Uh, so just finding people that inspire you, that you can kind of almost like want to be is like a really easy way, I think, to get into anything. Um, I think I believe now I can get myself into anything. I used to believe I only liked certain things, but that's not true. I, can, I actually can like anything. Just, well, you've discovered the um, power of learning and the the joy of learning that we're not that we're not taught. Well, you're not taught because I hated learning at school. I really didn't like it at all. I thought it was a total waste of time. And um, and learning is amazing because you. But they say that learning is amazing. I don't. I'm not convinced school is. I just still school I, and no, learning are two different things. Yeah, though. true. Yeah, yeah. True. That's very true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, school is uh, fucking bullshit. I think. <laughs> I think I, I think the way I think, I think the way it's constructed. Yes. Sorry, the traditional way that school is I like constructed, I think, it. is is utter fucking bullshit. I don't think it it teaches great. I don't think it teaches as much value as what it could. Maybe that's the point. Well, yeah, I'm not. I, it's, I've got so I've got a nine year old, and I know we have to finish it probably soon. But I've got a nine year old and a seven. I'm going to take off in like four hour journey. Nine and seven year old, so it's very apt for me to really understand like the. Do they go to a, a standard, you know, primary school? They. Uh, or is it like a Steiner not, or a... Uh, it's just a good school. No, it's yeah. not. It's just it's a, just a good school. Um, and, um, well, is it? I don't even... I'm questioning whether it is or not, to be honest. I thought schools were places where they meticulously look after each individual student. In there, certainly the ones you pay money for that I do. Uh, but it turns out they don't actually necessarily, you know... Anyway, the whole... You're right, it's, too, it's a whole podcast in itself. But you're right, it's not... I think the learning is done outside of school. It's yeah. like on the I weekends. think maybe to articulate my point further. I, I well, don't, you said I don't, it's bullshit. That was perfect no, articulation. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think the way that they teach you is is value going forward. It's old you know, school. To, to, the, to the individual and uh, you know, to prescribe a universal method for everyone just it, you know, blows my mind. It's, it's like nutrition. It's like what's good for my body is not, you know, okay, there's some general overalls that are good for you and you. But actually, it needs to be really tailored to to me, yeah. and I don't see how. Yeah, no, th- and I don't see also in a world now where maybe it's completely different than when than when you know the world's knowledge was contained in twenty six encyclopedias. Yes, but now I remember, like, I remember the, the Britannia. But, yeah, but now where it's yeah, like, Britannica, is it? yeah, but now where you can find any information you want, you know, within like five or ten minutes, what value is there in? Resuscitate and that's a slow internet connection. Five, yeah, ten minutes to find everything. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's what you said. There are people, and then no one 
yeah, everyone's different, and there's no right one. There's no right nutrition for you. Can I? I just I kind of have this overwhelming feeling that I haven't really given sort of no, the right nourishment to to you lot. So I'm going to hope to pull it all together now. Uh, but the annoying thing is I just forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> what I think I've learned is just the ability to. Cause you just said it. Actually, so you programmed me to think this. Is I just I learned how to learn, and so. I haven't like put any major pressure on myself if I look back now. I just I said I'm going to learn how to run 5K and then I got excited about it. And by learning and really wasn't, it wasn't that hard, I learned how to run 10. And then I learned how to like Timothy Sheaf and I learned how to believe bigger and I learned how to to, to, to try a, a mushroom elixir, which I haven't tried. And, 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 and I'm just... I got I got obsessed by the concept of learning, so I don't. There's no restriction now on what I. So I don't. There's no pressure on me to become something anymore. Like I'm not trying to become successful. Like to get to this point now, I'm actually realizing there is no point. There's no thing now. So I'm just. I'm just yeah. I'm just craving new all the time because there is no point in static because it is a. To use your word, my wife's worst word. It is a journey, and I think that's what I'm really excited about. Why I'm excited about, and hopefully next month or through this podcast, I'll learn something new again. Mm-hmm. So I, there we go. Hopefully, that's just you. Just have that little bit at the end of it. You delete the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will be thankful, by the way, for paying an interest. By the way, and I don't know what it is that again. Still, what was interesting, but I think it's, it's conversations with people that are in this space. I think something that we hope that we're pulling in, it's connecting all these dots that are seemingly disparate because lots of people are having the same thoughts. You know, you and Tim Sheath, how do we put you two together? Because something just, things do come of connections. That, the, with, um, I've, it was, the reason I listened to that Charlie Dark podcast was actually because a couple of people have like spoken to him and me and said, you two need to get together and do something because something magical could happen. And I think we still have yet to do it. And it's almost like when you want something to happen so badly, it's best to, let's just, it's better to hope for Christmas than it is the reality of it. But uh, you're right. When I, when I heard your cast with, with Charlie, I just had to spread that. And there was so, so many people resonated with what you've done there. So, um, there are so many people on this journey, you're right, and it's connecting those dots mm. is... Because I guess it goes right back to the start. There are lots of us that are experiencing a similar thing, mm. and it's nice to know that you're not on your own. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's are. just the thing of life. We don't live on our own. We're, we're pack animals, really. As much as you kind of want to roam through like the lone lion across the world, it's way more fun to be doing it with other people. You're right, you're absolutely right. That's why I need to go on a retreat, a yoga retreat. You go in. I am actually going because yeah. Lisa bought me one. Oh, I said that, didn't yeah. I? I That's thought, bloody hell, you're going. so insightful. <laughs> you know, this guy knows everything. I was He's listening. A, yeah, you were listening. Bloody hell, I wasn't even listening. But uh, yeah, she hasn't. Yeah, I've got to choose which one to go on. Um, how do people find you? Best, I always, I, you know, I used, I continue to tell people on the podcast to email mills at uh, and I, It's funny because I, I, I do. How do you I, find the podcast? Uh, Christ, how do you, just, just search JFDI. It's on I. Was it? It's I, on iTunes. It's on iTunes. On a SoundCloud. It's um, uh, yeah. I, I and I, I find that Instagrams have become my like place. I like actually my messaging platform. Okay, I, and so your Instagram is just Mills us too. Yeah, and I think those. Yeah, just I mean, you can be the twenty second listener if you come in. It's actually a few more than that, but I'm very open <laughs> about it. I think it's like four hundred. It's quite good actually. I'm quite impressed with my. 
It's 400 people. Well, you, you know what? And I, keep, room, I keep reminding myself. As long myself, as they're not all your employees. Well, well, no, none of them are. You know, I've got over that. <laughs> I used to try. Come on, guys. Why don't I mean, they don't give a shit. They've got better things to do. But it's, it's actually, it's people that listen every single day and are on a journey, which is what, to, to your point, together. And we communicate. And actually, it's just, I don't, it's ma- barely manageable as it is. So actually, I don't need it to be any bigger. I just, I need, I don't, yeah, I have to keep reminding myself. 400 people is a lot. It is. Put 400 people in a room and you'd be, you know, you'd be yeah, surprised. I, that... I have thought about doing that. The GFDI live. Oh, my God. I don't know what I talk about, so I wouldn't. No, like, I, the, I have to keep reminding myself. I do it for me. It's a selfish thing. I do it every day. It helps. I, I do. I do I, it. I think I, it needs I, to be a different word than selfish. Selfish has got such a bad connotation. Selfish has. I mean, it's just. But I think, I think people should journal or they should have a podcast that, you know, they put out there and just use it as a place to release. Talking yeah. about things openly is is a is such an important thing that unfortunately still is something that is not yeah. is not done enough mm. um yeah it just gets it out of your mind doesn't yeah. it can i ask you one question about tribe yes you ding, ding. what's the connection uh well we are or well, you've just bought the whole no stuff. no no so I what mean, is tribe tribe is a fine sports nutrition natural sports nutrition the key so um, we're a big investor in them so we've invested them from the very beginning uh I invested in them when I was started when I got into the London Marathon. I thought, yeah, and then I fell out of love with running and health and everything. And I continued to drink. I thought that was a, a bit of a waste of money, wasn't it? Invested, but then luckily comes back full circle. So we we support them on this playground by by giving them the space. Um, I've always looked. They're doing something super special, like mm. sports nutrition. On the journey I'm on, I do not want to be putting anything in my body that is bad. It's just elixir for me. You know that. Yeah. But these guys, the, um, it's, it's all natural. And I, I, I'm a big believer in that. Most of the stuff what, in, is kind of like some sort of weird sort of sugar-laced total drivel. So yeah. I love not, what doing. Not Tribe. Most of the other stuff. Most of the other, well, all of the other stuff is not. And they're doing great things and they have a foundation and they're, they're purpose-driven. And I love the founders and I've, I've known them for years and I believe in them. And, I, you know, I'm so... And I love, and they give, well, actually, I bought this hat. <laughs> Supporting them. I am support. I, I yeah. support them through spending, my, although I stole you one, didn't I? Yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, no, good on you. Good. That's why, that's it there. It worked. Wear the cap and then be subconsciously hitting you. Although I have put you right next to the tribe <laughs> studio, so it's not that subtle. <laughs> Cheers, guys. I Wicked. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. James. That was the podcast with the man only known as Mills. Yeah, I don't actually know his full name. I've never known his full name. I think it's Michael or Martin or something. <laughs> Michael Mills. It well, doesn't matter. Mills. The man only known as Mills who only wears shorts. And that was quite a different podcast for us. It was a really different podcast. Um, <clears throat> we generally tend to gravitate towards people that are quite down, quite far down the line of their journey with um, health and movement and um so <clears throat> to put it in mathematical terms there the 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 line on the graph of the x and y axes is kind of is plateauing but with mills i f- we've you know we spent time with someone who's right at the beginning of his journey with regards to that and so his his uh, growth line or learning line is practically 90 degrees yeah coming in like overhanging yeah I- so w- which was amazing because you know he obviously has a totally different perspective or you know has a different energy or you know his his enthusiasm is incredible well i think that's what he is that's how i was i first heard about him that he was had this agency he was very enthusiastic 
and it's he, he certainly lived up to that and then meeting him i mean what was great about meeting him was he listened to the charlie dark podcast yeah. that we did and he picked up on the fact that normally we start podcasts without recording anything and then we've missed some really great stuff so he kind of took himself away didn't he and it was really considered yeah but yeah. then came in kind of full power and actually met us where we like to go which is tangentially and just exploring a bunch of other stuff and yeah I think that kind of summed him up really well and i think that just is infectious in itself like it's like oh my god there's this idea there's this idea there's this and it's like like a pinball machine (laughs) and um yeah and and great and i think that's inspiring in itself because actually he was a master of creating what he did create before yeah and he has obviously us too yeah he's obviously experienced a lot of success in that in that agency world you know uh, how many how many downloads did that game have monument valley 160 million downloads <laughs> yes. which is a lot yeah it's extraordinary it's nearly our podcast <laughs> <laughs> nearly tim ferris's podcast um yeah i mean so you know his incredible level of success and i interestingly you know we've met a lot of people that have had these break points where they've had some type of you know for want of a better way of putting it breakdown but his break point was almost the reverse of okay cool here's all the success that you can conceive of and imagine and you got what you wanted you know you you got what you wanted and then that was the realization of like oh this is not what i thought it was going to be or this is not how this is supposed to feel or you know yeah he was I mean, he's exactly the same as everyone else that we've interviewed or met for each issue of We Move that we've done in the sense that he'd achieved his level of mastery at something and then was questing out for something else just in a in a different way because he couldn't see, Mills couldn't see what we could see or when I was looking at him. It's like, well, you've done all of this yeah, and you're applying exactly what built up this 400 million Oh, not 400 million, 400 people organization, which is big, which, you know, it's like building up another Rundem crew, but a different type of commercial Rundem crew with this film, or not film, game, Monument Valley, which is now being made into a film. So is I it? believe, yeah, I think so, which is like, you know, amazing. Mills isn't working for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just, yeah, his enthusiasm is carried over into this new thing that he's found out and it starts off i think when you all the people that we've met and maybe our own experiences starts off with you just want to prove everyone it's like i just want to prove the doubters wrong Mm -hmm. and then when you prove the doubters wrong you're like oh you know i've done it yeah and then it's a, a big void and he talked really openly about a bunch of cool stuff you know if if you're if mills's wife's listening i thought it was an amazing podcast yeah f- for that if it was brilliant it was um I, I mean i left the podcast as i'm sure you did just feeling like we touched on stuff that we'd not touched on before in other podcasts and I'm feeling very invigorated by that and i've loved every every other podcast that we've done it was just it was just different different um 
it was in very lots different. different ways in lots of uh, great ways sorry um i think he's he's like at the living end of it where it's all so new and there are all these experiences yeah you know relationship wise and business wise and then you just the amazing thing that we've always said about movement is it gives you a different sense of perspective yeah and allows you to look at non-connected things through different lenses and try and pull similarities and yeah sort of him seeing how his movement is making him this different person to be able to deal with the things that he's going through and he talked openly about you know suicide and mental health and people that's really close to him and then wanting to do something about it it's just something in that like movement does really have a profound effect on people yeah well he even said that he's only just realized it's okay to move yeah, he's a, <laughs> yeah. a man of a man of 40 and you know and I, I think it's a really valid thing that, gamers though yeah but i think it's a really valid thing because i think so many people are uh, you know that you see in everyday life or in that same that same scenario and we're both incredibly lucky that we grew up doing what we did doing what yeah exactly you know climbing and maybe off. in the the decade that we did the two decades that we did yeah you know now it's a different thing and tony riddle's rewilding idea and concept it's like just doing what our grandparents would have said oh we just used to yeah play around in the woods or whatever yeah yeah absolutely and so that you know brought upon the there were a couple of definitive themes within what mills was saying one was permission to change and the the other one was uh, the preconditioning that we find ourselves in or that people find mm. themselves in and i wonder which one comes first well w w i mean we're conditioned and yeah. at the end of the evolve issue we talked about uh or twice with Dolce Ruby, this unlearning what you've learned to reprogram yourself for moving forward and and this idea of changing, but you have to really want to do it and really go deep and look at look at that stuff. Um, permission to change is a weird thing though, isn't it? That we need to ask, it's almost, we need someone to hold our hand to say... I guess that's when your conditioning is so deep-rooted that you look to, uh, you know, and it's so confusing where you're at, the situation you find yourself in, that you're almost looking for someone, and it takes a lot of courage to to do something, that you're almost looking for someone else's approval, not realising that it's your own approval that you're looking for. Mm. Remember when we first met Carl, we talked about this permission slip to create, that you need kind of someone, whether it's permission or... I think Mills had this, what did he say? He had, uh, I think I had to reach a form of success to realize it isn't everything. That's almost like permission Yeah. there. And then he emailed all of his staff saying that he wasn't feeling great, which is almost another, it's like I'm asking your permission that I can just go and yeah. make myself feel great again. Yeah, yeah, good point. And so weird how we have to ask that. Maybe it's schools. Like you you have to ask to go to the loo. That's a really weird concept. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can be denied it as well. And then they can say no. Like that is yeah. so, such weird. He also says something along, along the lines of, you know, if he's in the position of being a leader, then 
uh, it's almost his responsibility to to inspire people which i thought was a really um, fantastic way of looking at leadership mm-hmm. because i think it's very easy to get bogged down in the more success form of leadership you know the harder number based gains of, of leadership well then it's management yeah you're just managing something rather than leading yeah yeah precisely and so in which case then it's a very articulate point to say okay i'm leading you <clears throat> it's my job to to provide some inspiration for you guys yeah. which and is obviously what he's doing real leaders are inspirational yeah and they and he's also talked about selfish which yeah i was reading something else talking about this word selfish yeah yeah well, I, I, well at the end of it we saw he was talking about being selfish you know in order to look after himself and we all agreed that selfish was just a really strange word because it has these negative connotations like i should be selfish for my own time to look i should be selfish or or you're being selfish looking after yourself yeah it's seen as a negative thing (laughs) i mean that's just the that's just so bizarre Hmm. that and that goes into conditioning like if we're all taught from the get-go that we have a responsibility to look after ourselves and by looking after ourselves, we're able to look after other people or we're able to inspire other people mm. by our actions. Yeah. Yeah. I think selfish is, which is what's sprung into mind is, is being selfish, which is a, can be seen as a positive thing. And in this case, you know, if I look after myself, if I'm, if I bring the best version of myself to the table every day, then that will only create a better environment yeah for other people and then there's just being a dick and those two <laughs> things have been uh switched over yeah like normally if someone oh you're so selfish it basically means you'll stop being a dick yeah and really you know looking after yourself is not being a dick it's looking after yourself yeah and i think it's hard for other people when you're looking after yourself and you're doing you, you're coming back every day going oh, fucking hell, i feel amazing yeah i feel really you know this yeah. elixir that Mills is on the quest for. <laughs> like people get a bit annoyed with that, mm. but it's more internally, it's their personal annoyance rather than going, fucking hell, man, that is wicked. You know, yeah. next time you're going, I'd love to come along. Yeah. And then someone else would go. And I think people, and I've been culprit how, to this. How well. strange that, someone can be have some type of anger towards you for looking after yourself and for wanting to to become healthier or be a better version of yourself or however else you want to term it and it's a mask for their own issue it's the mirror yeah (laughs) the infamous mirror you know what is this person telling you about yourself Mm. it's 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 so strange it seems to happen more i think we're just seeing it and and i guess i think it's where boundaries come into play like you know <clears throat> you have to have really firm boundaries and saying you know what you're not going to be in my life if this is your reaction to me looking after myself then there's no room for you to be in my life and then when you start to be pretty hardcore with that then you're only surrounded by the people that are like right on yeah i want to i want to do that into my morning routine <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you have to be careful to not it not to become uh i think the the flip side of being selfish can then go into self-indulgent 
Yeah. And it's and, sort of always and, having a purpose. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the ultimate pur- purpose really is in service to others. Yeah. And by being the best that you of are, yourself, you then you can get to service of yeah. others. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's a fine line. So no more than four hours a day for, for morning yeah. routines. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. What else did he say um, that I thought was, I learned how to learn. Which again, forty-year-old man, he's done all of that stuff, mm. and we're not. And I was thinking about this when I got back, and I was in the car with with Luce, going, "Yeah, like at school, I wasn't taught how to learn. I was just taught what I needed to remember to pass an exam." Yeah, which is why in the in the podcast, I was like, "School is bullshit." Yeah, because you're not taught how to do that. Imagine how much you know how how different people's lives would be if they were taught how to learn things and they were given they were they were shown a or it it was made in like uh, they were shown a way to be passionate about learning so then l- learning becomes a lifelong process because i guess the stereotype is that you finish school and then you stop learning other than the things yeah, well, you, you have to learn you've uh, learned yeah other than the things you have you to need. learn to do your job but then once you've done that then you know you, then yeah. you're done the whole concept of having things that you do in the evening, like I want to learn a language or I want to learn a musical instrument, you know, they're things that you kind of carve out a little bit of time for. Like your day should just be about learning. Yeah, and I think that's where movement, whatever it is, seems to be so amazing because people start to understand how to learn. Yeah. Like Mills taught himself how to run. Well, his first podcast was... Do you remember him saying oh, yeah, his first podcast how was to how run. to run? Yeah. And and that just, it you realise that learning is this amazing adventure of just curiosity and you mm. keep on layering these things on and, and having a go. And how I was with uh, one of Lucy's, Lucy's like auntie, so they're, they're Persian. Lucy being your partner. Lucy being my partner. And uh, her auntie was saying that they used to be at school and they would read like English or whatever class it was. They would yeah. just all be walking around yeah. reading <laughs> and that was how they would do the reading. Amazing. And, and that's how they learn. And they were just all moving. And yeah, I, I heard a, a tale. I can't remember where it's from, but, um, someone was tell uh, some, it was, I guess I was reading an article and she was talking about how she was taken to museums as a child and whoever took her to the museum, rather than just kind of wandering around, would stop them at each picture and say, what, what is it that you see in the, in the painting? And I, I took that philosophy recently. I spent over a few weeks, I spent hours upon hours in the National Portrait Gallery going through each picture again. Okay, what am I seeing? You know, okay, so the light's coming from this perspective, the, the direction that the artist wants you to flow is from left to right, and there's something here in the corner. And all of a sudden you're spending 10 or 15 minutes looking at a painting rather than having an instantaneous judgment of saying, I, I like, like it, it. Yeah, or I don't yeah, like it. Yeah. You know, you're actually really paying attention to it, and and it's the the same thing with um, Tony was telling us about the raisin, yes. the, the mindfulness with the, the raisin. raisin, and you know, spending an hour. Tried that th- with a peach. Well, I made kedgeree last night, and by the end of it, I was oh, you know, I was, mindfulness with the kedgeree. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> by the end of it, I was <laughs> hungry. Yeah. yeah, you're just watching it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all linking back into that learning how to learn yeah and yeah i mean we're in that space a lot at the moment this idea of movement and how it does change yeah 
the world around you mm-hmm. for for to you know health and changes the way you you feel and i think mel said he said something about feeling didn't he if i've yeah. I didn't feel good, so I forced myself to change everything about my life, and I went hunting for that elixir, that feeling of feeling good, and I started to find it. And I remember saying to him, that, or we we said that when you find it, you never want to let it go. Yeah, and that's you've kind of learnt a yeah. real life lesson. Yeah, and he also said about uh, um, finding people, you know, finding people to. If you wanted to learn something, you just found someone that was doing it already. And then you would be inspired by that person doing yeah. it. You know, that was the way to the, the way to learn anything was, was to find someone that was doing it that was inspiring to you. And then you could, you know, lose yourself, yeah. you know, in their practice. Yeah, yeah. And take that as permission, I guess. Yeah. Take that permission that yeah. it's fun and you're allowed to have fun and yeah. you're allowed to be inspired. Again, going back to Tony's podcast, Tony Riddle's podcast, where he said that he was in the, uh, where he, wherever he was, in Europe with his family and you know he got in the local river and then all the kids wanted to get in the river yeah yeah the freezing and yeah they were inspired river. by by this guy yeah like kind and of it doing was conditioning it. that their parents yeah were, yeah it was the parents issue not not the kids issue you know were freaking out and conditioning that's a yeah a funny a funny word yes yeah totally just how we're told how to think and and I think maybe that's where movement and this this separation between movement and sport and the people that we're covering, it's there. I, I guess they're all mavericks in their mm-hmm. in their way. Yeah, that they're doing it their own way, and everything that we love, like at National Portrait Gallery, all the all the paintings. Yeah, it, they were artists just doing things in their own way. Yeah, and. That's yeah. why you're standing in front of it, spending ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like just, yeah. They've done it their own way, but we're taught how to. Yeah. Why we took? Well, we might be taught, but we don't learn. Yes. Yes. Because it doesn't feel natural. That mechanized process yeah. towards towards learning. Inspiration yeah. comes first, then it's the yeah the discipline of doing it. Yeah. But because it's fun, you go back and do it. And that seems to be where Mills is. He like he wants to he wants to get the have the mindset of a UFC fighter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. combined with a runner, combined with you know calisthenics. Yeah, all of those things. Exciting times. Yeah, I think it is, and I, it will be really interesting to experience or to see how his family sort of take that mm. journey. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's another this movement journey. M- my personal experience is that my partner Luce was kind of felt a bit left out in some bits when I was doing all these things, and it's seen as a selfish quest for self-realization or self-actualization. And I'm doing all these things, and then, but all you have to do is start. Yeah rather than resist it like kind of go with the flow if someone else if someone's having fun it's the Derek Sivers uh how to start a movement you've got the one person yeah. dancing on the hill and then the second person joins and then yeah. because of the second person five more people come and because of those yeah. seven people you know yeah. you get yeah. 30 and etc and it yeah. seems to be like go where people are having fun yeah and then you're on yeah yeah totally 
so I thoroughly enjoyed Mills and then we hung around and talked to him afterwards about loads and loads of other stuff but yeah very cool still haven't played Monument Valley yet no get to it too busy moving they've got 160 million downloads so (laughs) I'm waiting for the film Um, so yeah so that was Mills yeah wicked enjoyed that very much Mills thanks buddy yeah thank you and uh, we'll catch you soon yeah oh (laughs) that we'll catch you soon Uh, did we go through the I don't think we how do you find Mills on Instagram Uh, Mills us two yeah at Mills us two yeah we're on at we move magazine that's it subscribe leave us some comments (laughs) all those good things catch you next week